morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the listeners of the Good Anime Power Podcast. This is episode 18. Am I doing my job correctly? I guess I got the go-ahead from Jason, so that means I got the right episode number. So, yep, uh, my name is Will. I've got my partner here, Jason. How are you doing, buddy? You see, I think it's like, I don't know if it's podcast etiquette, but unless if you're being called upon, you can't really say stuff. Right, okay. That's why you had to, you you, had, you stuck to the part. I appreciate you uh, maintaining a high level of professionalism. I, so, w- I don't know if it's called professionalism, but it's just a weird habit that... Just I, the way things are done, right? Yeah, or like some podcasters apparently do it. But hey, what, what's up, Will? How you doing, buddy? Um, to, do we want to no, just brush no, over the no, weather? Yeah, no, We're not no, talking about no, the weather no, today, no, right? No, fuck the weather. Good, good, good. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's uh, been, a, been a long two weeks since our last recording, but... Today, we're going to be, well, if you listened to the end of the last episode, which is episode 17, uh, you would already know how we're getting today's episode set up, what the focus is. So we won't really talk too much about that now. We're going to talk about it in the second half of today's episode. But as always, as usual, we're going to be going over the shows and manga we've been watching and consuming and then falling over with some news. So we didn't watch that much more this time because of the fact that you either really did that the, the two weeks prior or we were focused on you know fleshing out today's topic discussion so I, I don't think you watched much new stuff uh recently right well i did do like some minor stuff here and there for example i finished kobayashi season two. Oh, nice nine out of ten is really good uh but other than that i think with our next numbered episode i would in addition of our regular homework i would also try to catch up with a lot of the seasonals so then i would know if they are uh finale award worthy basically yeah i need to finish off uh Ida 10 and realist i'm very close to finishing them i think they should be finished if they're not on episode 12 then they're probably on episode 11 but will you have a mystery anime so how do you want to go about this we watched some stuff uh, together and you watched a mystery i did not watch anything of no other than what i just said but i've read a lot of manga actually which is quite relevant to one of our news stories so how do you want to go about this will uh well let's talk about okay so on, on the rare occasion that i get some time off work and that you know i you know put in my days get my vacation leave and actually get to do whatever the hell i want there was a day that i reserved specifically for the gap bros which was a full-out anime weep day. And originally, we were going to do it in a very excessive manner, which is to say, originally, I was like, 24 hours, you, me, locked up in a room, filled with snacks and drinks, and then we just nonstop watch anime, read manga. We, we, we got a lot of sushi that day. I think we ordered, like, we bought, like, three full-size platters of sushi. I couldn't finish all of that to bring it home, but hey, it was great. It was a, it was a good day. So we watched quite a few things. Uh, I think we want to highlight two specifically. Yes. Because uh, both of them, down to the core, are very similar shows, like, maybe different kinds of characters, the main plots are a little bit different, but they're they're both, like, death battle so, uh, well, anime. Originally, Will and I originally wanted to do a death battle genre episode. So in anticipation of that, we're like, hey, why don't let's just watch some death battle animes? Long story short, 
spoiler alert, we're not doing that anymore. Not we're not doing that episode anymore. And I think from watching those shows, we we know why. You know, you will also know why. So, uh, which one do you want to get into first? Let's let's start with the one we watched first, which is Darwin's Game. Okay, Darwin's Game. Darwin's Game. Oh crap! I forgot. Uh, what Anna? Like when was it made? Uh, well, I think this one came out last year. I think both Darwin's Game and Gleitnir only came out like one or two seasons apart. Okay, so Dar- Darwin's Game and Gleitnir is death battle, which is essentially people... Like, just think of Hunger Games, and that's essentially a death battle. I mean, Hunger Games is death battle. Based off of usually, at least, people usually say the source is Battle Royale or uh, Lord of the Flies. Oh, it uh, released uh, Winter 2020. Okay, Winter 2020, so very, very... Uh, close. Yeah, I think it started airing uh, in January uh, and then ended in March. Uh, I think it was like 12 or 13 episodes. Nexus is the studio. Okay. So, uh, Darwin... initial thoughts. We we watched like three episodes or th- four episodes? Three Three episodes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Darwin's Game is essentially about a guy one day all of a sudden downloaded an app and uh, got thrust into this world where people have to kill each other to survive and win. What, what what does the prize entail? I don't know. But we do know that whenever you you win a fight or you kill someone off, you get a lot of points. Now, it's just like, okay, maybe you get 100 points. But when you cash out a certain amount of points, it then equals a, a large amount of money. Or so you get items that you get. You get like prizes, yeah. Or like, yeah, in-game stuff you can use. Like you can get, like, you can pick up like stat, like boosts. You can get like special powers or weapons. Or like, uh, don't attack me for a week or something. There's a like gotcha that. element in there too. Where yes, it's like there is. You, there... you 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 play it on your phone and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you win, gun, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever, and then a gun just materializes in your hand. Yeah, or it's just like, hey, uh, there is a special event happening. It's a treasure hunt game, and it's just like, okay, guys, this is just video games, but thrusted in real life. Apparently, yeah. I mean, like very very simple premise. And unfortunately, that's... We watched three episodes. That's that's the best it ever got, really. Darwin's Game is so... Well, uh, I wouldn't say generic. Uh, how do I say this? It's just so dull. There's there's nothing special about it. I mean, like, it is a death battle anime. Where, like, that's the kind of genre that we both really, really like. But it's hard to do well, right? It's hard to set yourself apart from others, and you need to have your own shtick. But... There is so much crap out there. Uh, so... The main character has, lo and behold, a special ability that is very different than the typical people who play these games. There is also the female MC, which is basically um, Yuki, right? Uh, you know, you know, you know, light basically, uh, because she doesn't have pink hair, but she has blonde hair, and she is definitely a Andre, and she is quite badass i guess in this world she is but i think like she doesn't like she, she's not the same level as you know gasai yeah definitely she's not as not. bloodthirsty the point is uh this show was stupid it's so stupid i don't know well what, what else can we say it's hard to say if it was a waste of our time like i'm sure that if we finished it we would still find some enjoyment out of it but no i i feel like it would take a lot of patience to sit through another eight episodes of Darwin's Game. And here's the thing, listeners. When we try to watch shows, I think there is very little, if not no occasion, where we try to go into the show to hate it. We always try to give it the benefit of the doubt. And it, we don't like shitting on stuff. But 
we have to give you our thoughts. And Darwin's game is like that. Gleipnir, on the other hand, which we transition to now, is another death battle. But somehow it involves a male main character who can turn into a plushy, like, big-ass, like, doll. Right? Yeah, as if, like Darwin's, as if Darwin's game wasn't enough, they then, you know, released this a season later. So it was spring 2020. So you had back-to-back seasons of a death battle, death game anime released mm-hmm. within the span of, like, one, like two seasons. So Darwin's game, by the way, is based on the manga of the same name, and Gleipnir is also based on a manga of the same name. So the difference then being that in Gleipnir, uh, it stars a girl called Clara. Is it called Clara? Oh, Claire, Claire. Claire, who she is actually quite an interesting character. She is not your typical, she's not even a damsel in distress. She's quite badass, and she also is very abusive in a way. Definitely very sadist, masochistic. Like, if if she's not the one getting hurt and getting enjoyment out of it, she's hurting someone else and getting enjoyment out of it. And the male main character being the polar opposite, which is very passive, tries to be very idealistic, you know. And then it's about both of them trying to survive together against other uh, combatants. And uh, I would say Gleitnir is better than Darwin's game, but that is not really saying much. No. I, I, I will say this about Darwin's game. I thought that the fight sequences were pretty decent. It's not a badly animated show. They, you're, there's definitely like aesthetic pleasure from watching it, but it's just boring. I think... This is for really me, it's the dry. opposite. I thought Gleitnir's, like, animation and actions were pretty good. And it turns up the dial in terms of kind of just human depravity. Yeah, but beyond that, like, it doesn't offer that much more compared to Darwin's game. I think both of them are kind of, like, on an equal plane. Some some things to do better than others and vice versa, but I don't know. And that's why we decided to drop the idea of doing an episode on Death Games, because then it would just be us nonstop watching probably a lot of mediocre stuff suggesting a bunch of mediocre stuff and just us shitting on a bunch of stuff and this is also not like oh but if you really like death games death battles like you should go check it out i I think like we're just gonna stop you there and just like maybe pick up a different genre or a different theme because this isn't one of those where like you put time into it and you'll get enjoyment out of it i think it's you have to like really, really, really enjoy Death Game and have nothing else you want to watch in order to give this time. Yeah, there is plenty of other fishes in the sea, other anime fishes in the sea. Just like Will, your mystery anime. So you got to give me clues to figure it out. So, so this is a show that you watched. You actually, we, we both watched together. We both watched. I think two episodes we watched together okay yeah okay. We, we definitely watched we mean back in the back in the old days when the we had days, yeah, yeah back when we used to have discord sessions um so the show came out Wait, this is our discord session basically right essentially but now we have cameras not cameras we have microphones and uh, everything's recorded and then uploaded yeah but hey okay two episodes yeah so the anime uh is, is an anime original okay right it was uh done produced by uh by studio bones it came out back in 2014 Two seasons, a total of 26 episodes. Um, if I was to say Watanabe. Space Dandy? Yes. Okay. I decided to pick up Space Dandy again and finish it. Originally, you finished all of it? I finished both seasons, both season one and season two. So it must be decent, the fact that you finished both seasons, right? So I wanted to watch Space Dandy to confirm two things mm-hmm. one is that i wanted to confirm that i actually enjoyed the show and 
Two, I wanted to I wanted to confirm that I enjoyed the show separate from how much I enjoyed Cowboy Bebop, how much I enjoyed Samurai Champloo. It's just one of those things where you kind of want to be as impartial as possible and appreciate the property for what it is because initially when I got into it, I was just like, oh, this is the same guy that did you know Champloo and Bebop, so it must be good, right? But I guess that therein lies the problem when you try and compare it to one of the best like music-driven like historical pieces in Samurai Champloo and also one of the greatest stories ever told in Cowboy Bebop, like, you can't help but find those comparisons. I think- and, I, and I think with Space Dandy, uh, Cowboy Bebop has an extra special connection because it is kind of space-oriented. Yep. So you're looking at it, it's like, oh, you know, titular characters, like, you know, they're, like Dandy is essentially Spike, right? Like, you just, he's just, like, you know, going off in his own little, like episodic space story and he's you know doing his thing as like a bounty hunter but for monsters and aliens and a- across whatever universe space steady is set and yes it's it, as much as like all the watanabe tv series are like it's always telling the stories over a, an episodic format the music is always that's the other thing about space Dandy. the music is really good music is it's it's like that sort of like poppy electro kind of edm but with a mixture of like like genres that kind of come in from there's, there's not much there's not much hip-hop not much jazz it's it's its own kind of genre in, in, in music and once you start taking away the comparisons between bebop and space dandy i think that's where i started to enjoy it more yeah sometimes like especially with season one some of the stories were okay. Some of them were really good. Some of them were like okay. Season two, it starts getting like more and more like you you start to get more emotionally connected with the characters in Space Dandy. You like the progression, and no matter what, like you can always appreciate how high quality the production is. The music's great. The animation's great. It's a very colorful palette. I gave season one an eight. And then I gave season two. I think I gave it a nine. I can't remember if I gave it an eight or a nine. But uh, so, but uh, season one is on Mal at least is ranked seven point eight eight, and season two is ranked eight point two six, which is extremely good. Yeah, it's both those yeah. numbers are extremely good. Yeah, it it is really really good, and I think the reason why a lot of people might deride it a bit is inadvertently, inevitably, the comparison. With the bebop, saying the champ blues and all that, but if you to watch it on its own and appreciate it for what it is, you will definitely find enjoyment out of space. I mean, I loved the characters. The music was fantastic. Some of the witty back and forth between the characters were really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed, and there were some stories that like were really. There's there's one specific episode, and this is not a spoiler about it because it's it's all music driven anyway. There's one episode where they actually go to a rave, but it's a robot rave. And it's fucking fantastic. It was just like, oh god, like I, I, I still remember the music. The music was fantastic mm. for that one for one episode. Do you know who did the music? I don't remember. I never actually looked into. it. I just know that what's not be just oversaw everything and was just like super cool about you know trying to build like a world for Dandy to thrive in. And that was the other thing as well with um, with with with, with Space Dandy in that when you're watching the show, the at least with season one. And some parts of season two, the focus wasn't so much on the main characters, but because of like how stubborn, how like one dimensional the characters were, 
it allowed for the side characters, the people you met in each other episode to shine through and you got to see more of that story develop because there's always one constant in that Dandy and his troop of bounty hunters are going to be like the laziest and least successful bounty hunters. So that doesn't change, but you do see other characters develop around them and that's where you start to appreciate more of the storytelling. They're more of a conveyor. They're more of a, of a catalyst of how each other character can really showcase who they are and what they add to the overall story. So Ong Young Choi has a lot of credits for this show. All right. Like a lot. Yeah. Uh, are you aware of this? Yeah, yes. I did know that. But that wasn't the reason why it made me like it anymore. Like I knew she was part of it, but it's just... Bro, the show's great. And the person who is doing the music is going to be doing the music for Chainsaw Man and Devil May Cry. I did this chain, uh, music for Devil May Cry, baby, and words bubble up like soda pop. Yeah, there you go. The, the music was really, really good. I think like if, if, if you were to watch it, um, the music itself is... It's almost comparable to the music in Champloo and Bebop. Now, the thing is with... Like, I will... Like, we we can talk about the Watanabe stuff. We can talk about who likes Trampoline more, who likes Bebop more. But you, the one thing you cannot deny is that both of them are S tier when it comes to their music composition. All right, let me ask you this then: If I were to give you the original soundtrack right now, in FLAC and you know, like the the highest quality, would you listen to it like, like you know, whenever? Yeah. Like outside of the anime. Yeah. Okay. The music the music is really really good. Then that's good enough. That's definitely well beyond like good yeah and i think like the, the the reason why i dropped it in the first place was like this is nothing like bebop or or champloo i mean i think one episode was about ramen yep there were this just a search for ramen that was episode two and then like, you, you just thought about it's like well like what's what's so funny or what's so special about it but like that's the thing like you don't need to look too deep into meaning for each episode in the end like you you, you wanted to focus on how characters develop how they interact how they grow and Dandy and his troop of bounty hunters are the reason why other characters can shine. And it all like, culminates into a fucking awesome uh, season two. All right. So that is your mystery anime. Uh, now on to my mangas. Yeah. You didn't watch. Well, I mean, like you did watch anime, but like nothing too, like not too much. But you did spend more time, you know, reading the books. Yeah. Reading the mangas. Yeah. So, so f- what you've been reading. So the first manga that I will talk about is a manga that I actually mentioned a while ago that actually has an anime adaptation. It's called Young Ladies Don't Play Fighting Games. It's essentially about a girl... Young ladies that play fighting games. Exactly. Young ladies at a very prestigious boarding school playing video games on the DL. Fighting games, to be precise. And uh, it's also a Yuri, so it's pretty good. It's it's extremely good. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, It's not over, obviously. It's ongoing. They talk a lot about actually the fighting game stuff. As someone who plays a lot of fighting games, I appreciate the jargon that they use. And it's not just like there as like an aesthetic choice. Like, oh, it could you could replace that with any video games and it would still be the same story. No, no, no. They actually talk about the fighting games and everything. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I am looking forward to the anime adaptation. So... Uh, I think it's done by Seven Seas Entertainment, which is the manga adaptation. Right. I mean, Yuri at a boarding school. Fighting games. Fighting games. I mean, what else could you add to it to, to make it? Are, are there kudereis in the show, in the manga? Uh, there is uh, 
one of the two main girls is a Kudere kind of. Any yeah. Dandere's as well? Uh, no. No. I, no. I, I imagine there'd be quite a few Cinderes in this. Uh, the ma- the other main girl characters more hot headed, way more hot headed, right? But you need to strike that 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 balance. The yin of to sun. the yang, yeah, right? You need for every coup there is, there's got to be a sun in there to help you know bring harmony within this fighting game obsessed boarding school. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the uh, anime adaptation. The second manga that I have read is called "That's My Atypical Girl" by Ko- published by Kodansha. I think if you were to Google it, you might also see it by its title, uh, Asperger's Girlfriend, which, to be fair, is a bit of a... I I understand why they had to change the English title. It's about um, a guy who, straight out of college, living alone, and he creates these online doujinshis and sells them for very little money, and no one buys them. Then one day, it turns out that one of his fans, which is very, like, few, she shows up at his door, and she talks about how she really uh, vibes with his work because his work is not your typical shonen stuff. It's not hentai-oriented or anything. It is about struggles with mental disorders and mental anguish and mental pain. So it talks about these two characters uh, kind of bonding and interacting with one another and by by extension, the woes and trials and tribulations that comes with having mental disorders. And uh, it is really hardcore, as in uh, it's it's quite like it's obviously it's a very serious issue, but very well researched as well, right? I would say it's also very real researched and also it is very apparent that if the mangaka does not have mental disorders of his or her own, definitely has done enough research or interviewed enough people to know certain struggles. Or maybe lived with someone or like just has just has a, a close connection to like the struggles of having mental disorders. Yeah. So um I didn't it's ranked uh seven point nine four on Mal, which is decent. I, I think for for manga, that's that's really good. Yeah, it's a uh, eight hundred and fourteen. So it's definitely uh, people know of it, and uh, I don't think there's an anime adaptation yet. Although I don't think there ever will be. Uh, Why would you think that? Because I think the subject matter is too difficult to tackle, and not enough people would watch it. They would think, oh, it's too heavy handed. It's a bit risky. It's very risky. So. But I have I, to. I mean, you do have like TV shows on Netflix, like a, a, like a typical, which explores you know the main character who grows up and lives with with autism. So basically, like what life is like for people on the spectrum. Yeah, so it's not impossible. It's, it's just, just it's just you you have to be very careful with how you very go about very it. careful. So uh, I th- I would I would anticipate that if you were to propose this anime adaptation to me as a studio executive, I would be like, ooh, that's risky, like. It, like, also, there is not a lot of explosions and action. Like, it's not that. It is very rooted in human nature and human emotions. Uh, I really like the manga. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Wow, really? Yes. Holy crap, okay. Because um, just some of the things that they they said, it's, like, really uh, speaks to, to me and also speaks to, I think, a lot of people. So 
I really think that it also treats it with respect. And it you don't get that every day. Especially in manga form. So, the last uh, manga that I will talk about will actually go into our first news story. Which is... Hey, Will, you, you, you like Tokyo Ghoul, right? No, I hate it. Oh, really? I'm joking, though. No, I fucking love it. You mean the the anime, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you. I've never watched a single episode of the anime because I refuse to. But I will always listen to the opening. Unravel's the greatest anime opening of all time. It's a terrible, terrible opening. To each their own. So Some so people just don't understand good taste. That's it. It's fine. <laughs> if that's your definition of good taste, I don't, go, I don't, go I don't on, want go it. Go on. So, so why, why, why are you bringing up Tokyo Ghoul? So Soyushida, which is the mangaka for Tokyo Ghoul, has a serialization in Young Jump that will start on October 14th. And that series is called Chojin X. I think Will and I have watched, I've read the first chapter and mentioned about it a while ago. So in anticipation for this news story, I caught up with the manga on the Jump Plus platform. Yeah, if you want to get in on yeah, you just, the Jump platform has a bunch of like anime and a bunch of manga that gets serialized and updated. Go ahead and check it out. It's it's free to use. And if you're lucky to be the place that gets you a three dollar subscription, you should you should totally do it. So Chojin X in many ways is not a good manga series. That's disappointing to hear from one of the greatest manga because I'm joking now. So she does. Yeah, I only know him for, for Tokyo Ghoul. So I can't use that as a comparison point for what to expect from Chojin X. But I mean, I, I read the first chapter. I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent. You could see where like, he borrows a lot of elements from his previous works, though. Yes. And that continues uh, that in terms of things that are quote unquote recycled or reconfigured to adapt to this series. Uh, there is sort of like a discussion with the main character with having an inferiority complex. Uh, there are like the ghouls equivalent with our Trojans. They have abilities that are superhuman. So it's very, very analogous to Tokyo Ghoul. Now, the reason why I don't like it is a little bit biased because I'm comparing it to Tokyo Ghoul, which... You can't help, right? It's really difficult when you are well known for this one other thing. So then the second thing that comes out, everyone is going to be paying attention because that's your pedigree. And I would say that even though I don't like it, I think I don't like it even more because it has Soyoshida's name written on it because I really like Tokyo Ghoul. And I think that he would do something that would wow me. So I had that expectation and... To not have that expectation met, in fact, the opposite, kind of puts it down an extra peg. Now, that doesn't mean that, like, that's fair, but that's, no, but do, that's how but, I feel. But do you feel that Tsuyoshida might be playing it too safe? Extremely. So, there are there is a ghoul-equivalent organization that tries to self-monitor. There is, like, regulations. There are... The detective duo. Yeah, there is a, a duo of the the Hide and the Ken, and then there's also the Ken and like another girl that is like 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 a child, and uh, they get together and try to like figure out the world that they are now a part of, just like how Ken became a ghoul and tried to accustom to the world of ghouls. So. The, the the violence is, in fact, less 
than what was, or at least gore is less than Tokyo Ghoul, which is fine, but it's also like very whatever. Certain characters show up that have abilities, and you're just like, okay, that that I could list like three, four other shows or manga series that uses that exact same thing. But hey, whatever. Yeah, I, I think when when you like introduce characters with superpowers, I mean, especially with like when we're talking about Tokyo Ghoul, right? Yes, there are like loads of different kinds of ghouls, but they all follow like one of the four specific subtypes, right? And if, if and then like when you want to add more and more people, it's it's we've talked about this before when like you introduce too much of a, of a thing that you like and it, but there's too many chefs in the kitchen, it gets super watered down and you're so desensitized from it that you just don't like vibe with it anymore. So in Tokyo Ghoul, all the ghouls have a certain type, right? And there are like four, yeah, four, four. And um, do you remember the four? Uh, Byaku, Bikaku is one of them. Kokaku. Uh, What's the neck one? You already named more than I remember. But yeah, the, is there like a similar kind of like, cl- I guess, class system no. in Jojin? It actually reminds me of Chainsaw Man, which in Chainsaw Man, there is people or whatever have certain abilities that are tied to a certain yeah, thing. It could be like, oh, there's like Ghost Man or Dog Man or something that like very much the name is reflective of the person's power. It's, it's very simple, but like, yeah, it's and Chojin is like that. There but, is, but with but Chainsaw Man, like they really like blow it up, and it's like insanely beautiful to read and watch. and crazy, right? In Chojin X, they have that minus the craziness and the balls to the wallness. There is the vulture, a Chojin. There is the snake Chojin. There's a a fire Chojin. Like, okay, great. Like, but that's just it. That's it. Uh, oh, there is a guy who mysteriously can murder people, so you don't know what Chojin he is. So it's just like, okay, great, guys. Like, I mean, like, just to bring it back to the Chainsaw Man one, the Chainsaw Man is literally just a guy with a chainsaw for a head and two chainsaws for arms. And like, and he's a dude. It. That's it, right? But no, it's it's way more than that. It's fucking crazy when he gets to fight, when he gets to progress the story. It's really, really cool. When, when, when you say, it's like, oh, there's a fire Chojin, an ice Chojin, it just sounds like... Well, there's no ice chosen yet. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Where it's yeah, just I like know you exactly just add what something you mean. to it, and it's like, okay, what, what else can this thing do? So, what else does this thing have to offer? This manga right now, Chojin X, is seven point two two on. It's not the worst. I, to be fair, that's that's decent. That's like it's doing pretty okay. Ranked five oh three nine, but popularity six seven three. So that's that's the important one, right? Like it's it's always good to have a good ranking, but when you have enough people who are following your property. Like top six hundred something like on my anime list. That's that's good. Well, there's one less follower now. Well, shame. Yeah, but um, hey, man. I mean, I like it's only been like what nine chapters? Nine chapters. So it, I could be wrong. I and 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 rightfully so that will mention to me earlier that Tokyo Ghoul takes a while for it to kind of get the engines running, which is fair, which is true as well. So, but right now I am not impressed. That's it. Who knows how you feel in like six, 12 months' time? I mean, like, we had like our reservations about the author of ReZero with Vivi, and then we had our reservations about Star. So it's it's not out of the question. But as of right now, Trojan X, my assessment is that it's okay. It's just okay. That's it. Uh, well, I mean, can't please everybody, but there's still, there's still time for it to improve. But 
apparently a lot of sequels in terms of anime has been announced because a lot of people are happy about that. So I won't go into every single one other than tell you that uh, Villainous Isekai, Himefura, Slime Isekai has a movie. The Duke of Death and His Maid will have a second season. The Case Study of Venetius will have a second season. Realist Will Build a Kingdom will also have a second season. Happy with that. And Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy, I think is the name. Yeah, English, yeah. Also has a second season. So in a, in this anime season alone, summer 2021, there is one, two, three, four, five, six sequels that got announced. That's insane to me. Now, I'm wondering if these were already like in the works because, you know, the COVID kind of pushed it back and they were always going to anyway. But it's good to see that for the most part, the stuff that you're watching now, there's enough support and resources for these to continue beyond the first season. Yeah. Also, didn't like Irumakun also get a, a a third season? Oh shit, you're right. I should write that down. That's the thing. Okay, okay. Just we we've talked about Irumakun before. Um, Demon School Academy. Yeah. Demon Demon School Academy or whatever the Demon Academy is. It's an okay show. I think that you have to, <laughs> you have to really buy into you know the quirkiness of this demon school that Irumakun like attends. Apparently, season two is really good. I mean, at the, least yeah, that's you, what yeah, the statistics say. The yeah. score improvement is is crazy. It's, and is, is a big spike. And now it's like one of the more like anticipated sequels. I mean, like okay, I don't know why, but it's it's always nice to see that you know series properties continue to be funded and continue to be supported uh, beyond the first and second seasons. Yeah, so it doesn't follow the typical anime cycle of, oh, it only has one or two seasons, and that's it, despite the fact that there's more to adapt. But, um, Will, you like isekais? <laughs> this is one of your little segues, huh? No, no, not really. Um, okay, so for the longest time, I never really cared about isekais, but then some of the stuff I've watched, I realized are actually like super popular isekais. I mean, like Konosuba is Konosuba is really good. Um, ReZero, I tried to get into it, but like, I mean, Realist is an isekai, right? Yeah, and also, um, I mean, Devil, Devil's a part timer. That one's isekai. Isekai. Uh, no game, no life. Isekai. isekai right. Um, I, I actually quite liked season one of Log Horizon. I mean, I liked it too. Yeah. But I guess, like, in terms of how it will progress beyond season one, we haven't watched season two yet. Yes. And season three, is it out yet, season yes, three? Yes, I think so. I mean, the fact that we don't know kind of just tells you our opinion of it so far. But it's, yeah. a, it's a flat eight. It's like it's an eight, but I, I don't know if it go like, for season one. I don't know how much higher it'll go. But anyways, yeah, I I, I, I can I can vibe with Isekais. I mean, like, dude, like, I really like Digimon. Digimon's, like, one of the original Isekais. Right. So when you get reincarnated into the other world... You usually get reincarnated as a character. You get reincarnated as a person. You know, just like jobless reincarnation, the person turns into a child, or turns into, or another one turns into the villain in a villainous isekai. But what if I told you that you got reincarnated not as a person but as an object? Well, ladies and gentlemen, reincarnated as a sword, the light novel has a TV anime adaptation. There are, of course, other anime adaptation announcements that have happened since um, the last news cycle that we talked about, but I thought this one was hilarious because, first of all, you reincarnate as a sword, bro. Like, the fuck? I mean, I, I, I think that there was also... There was no anime adaptation, but 
I think there was an English manga adaptation, like Reborn as a Vending Machine. I now roam the dungeon or something like that. I, oh, you were really, really close. Reborn. I actually pulled it up just now because I knew you were going to talk about this. I want to talk about it too. Reborn as a Vending Machine. I now wander the dungeon. Oh, shit. So close. So close. But like that's that's what I want to talk about too. It's like you're always like, like transported from like, oh, you're, you're a fucking like desk clerk or you work at a library and your life is boring and meaningless. All of a sudden now you're the most OP character of this world you roam you're the leader the king and now these ones where it's just like oh you're just you're just a sword bro you're yo just, you're just a vending machine you're just a vending isn't, machine isn't do you want one, soda isn't there one where it's like a refrigerator isekai there must be so many of those there must be i mean i don't doubt that i'm not saying that there is or there isn't i just don't know but hey uh there is a manga adaptation for uh reincarnated as a sword and uh i have it i have not read it but Whenever there is an anime adaptation, I usually see if the source is worth checking out. And usually that would either have to either be a manga adaptation, basically. And uh, Reincarnate as a Sword just really got me. Because it was just like, Reincarnate as a Sword? Like, what the fuck? The Sword has to talk, right? We had to watch it. We had or to read we have it to too. read it. Yeah. Fuck, like, what? It's like, oh... I'm a sword in a stone, so I'm just gonna chill here for eons until someone pulls me out. Like j- what? Like okay, I don't, I don't know if that's the story for reincarnate as a sword, but I'm just like, just speculating here. It might be like some like Noragami or um, uh, Soul Eater kind of thing. Oh right? yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. It could be like that. Oh, actually, yeah, we did watch a little bit of Soul Eater too, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Not it's bad. okay. We'll 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 report in uh, later. Due to another episode that we will be doing in the future. Yeah, I, I I don't know what to expect at all from re, re reincarnated as a sword, but like, okay, you got my attention. Yeah, anime doesn't mean that I will stick around, but you got my attention of just how. I look, I, maybe someone will write in and say, hey, "Actually, reincarnated as a sword or reborn as a vending machine, I now wander the dungeon," is. Really good. A tier, S tier, whatever it may okay, be. Maybe, right? maybe. But like if I were to just tell someone this title, reincarnation. I sword, would think or, you're fucking crazy. Or like you're lying to me. Like, hey, he said, guys, guys, there's this wonderful manga, right? It's set in a new world and you get transported, but instead of like being like a renowned swordsman or a holy knight, you are the sword. And then you go on crazy misadventures as a sword. I would probably think you're crazy no, no but okay a sword or a weapon talking is not necessarily that not the, outrageous yeah, yeah. but if you were our vending machine and then you'd be like yo i'm in the i'm in this dungeon i don't know cave or cavern or labyrinth or whatever and i'm going to be a vending machine like how does that work like are you okay are you gonna talk like what does the vending machine add to the story oh other than its absurdity but hey Maybe, maybe, like, I don't know, five years from now, not only will I love Trojan X, but I'll be like, yo, Will, 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 did you hear about Studio Trigger announcing the anime adaptation of Reincarnated as a Pachinko Machine? (laughs) (laughs) In in tandem with Square Enix? Yeah, and that you gamble, but with your life. (laughs) (laughs) Forever a gambler, I am now reincarnated as a Pachinko Ball. 
No, no, the machine, the ball. There's you, so you, many of you, them. You are the ball. Oh fuck, dude! Right, and the world you live in is the pachinko machine. Oh, dude, that's fucked up. And all you do every day is just wait for your turn to go into the machine, and then you're the one that hits the jackpot. Oh, you're the jackpot pachinko ball. And then what happens after you reach the next level? You ascend to the next plane of existence. Dude, isekais are fucking weird, man. Sometimes, like you just like, I mean, you have like isekais where like. Is, is is spider is, is spider an isekai? Spider is isekai, right? They, they did call it spider isekai. Right? Yes, it is. Right? It is. So I'm a spider. So what? Yeah, there's like there's a slime isekai, mm-hmm. right? Like when you think about like the boundaries that isekai stories live within, it's like it's a lot wider. Again, you still see like really crazy concepts for anime and manga. Isekai is no different. So really, like we shouldn't be that surprised that there is going to be like a sword based. Like someone being reincarnated as a sword is a guy. As I said, it's, it's the, just the it's sword just, part. Yeah, I can. It's I just can. the initial like shock factor. It's like, what the fuck is this? Why are we watching a guy who's just turned to a sword and like that's. That's the, that's the appeal of this is a guy. I, I had to do a double take, you know, when I saw the the headline. But hey, look, we'll see. I I do have the the digital manga in my possession, so I may or may not read it at some point before anticipation of the anime adaptation. So we'll see. Oh, uh, and uh, real quick, Mashal and Sakamoto Days I've also been keeping up with. Oh, yeah, you've been keeping up with those, huh? You've yeah. been keeping up with Spike's family as well? Yes. I've been so slow with the manga train. I am but caught up with all three of those shows, yeah. Sakamoto uh, I like. Manga, manga, sorry. Sakamoto I like. Mash, Mashal, is it Mashal? Mashal, yeah. Because it's supposed to be a mix-up of magic, magic and muscle. And muscle. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's basically One Punch Man, but, Meet Harry but, Potter. but pretty funny, yeah. I really I, like Mashal. Uh, Sakamoto Days is basically retired assassin, gets thrust into the world of assassins yet again. And uh, what was the third one? Uh, Spike's family. Spike's family is about a a family of that, spies. A spy. <laughs> okay, it's the, like it's like we were we were talking about intricate fucking wacky isekai titles, and now we're like, this is a man, this is a manga about a family of spies. It's called Spy Family, Spy X Family. Hey, hey, Will. So, um. Chojins, right? They are this kind of creature. But what happens when there is a mysterious one, the one that has not been classified, and oh. we call them Chojin X? Oh shit, yo, that's some like f- like big brain level IQ right there. I like what you did. People are not going to be expecting this at all. Oh, so okay, like so there's a chainsaw, right? So imagine a chainsaw, right? But right, then right, imagine right. that on your head. Oh, so it's like. This this is a man, and his power is the power of chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, and then and then his hands, his hands. You know what? You know the thing that has like your yeah, fingers and yeah. arms and your elbows. Yeah, imagine that, but with chainsaws. No fucking way, bro. So it's a chainsaw man with a head and chainsaw arms. No chainsaw legs because they have to walk. But yeah, but, of course but, that, that'd be that'd be crazy, right? Yeah, that'd like, be crazy, what, right? Like, who the hell would do that? Yeah, it's not like that. You can have Sharknado or whatever, right? It's yeah, not like that, right? Come on. Let's yeah. not go too crazy, Let's right? not go too crazy, right? What, 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 what are we going to call this then? This man of chainsaw. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Guys. Guys. Okay. What if we call it Chainsaw Man? Bro. Yo. You just blew my fucking mind, Sometimes. Man. Sometimes I don't even understand. You just revved my... the chainsaw, man. You just revved the engines to my chainsaw, bro. I don't even understand my own brilliance sometimes. Like, God. Yo, this shit is off the chain. Yo, I bet you, yeah, off the chainsaw, man. Oh, chainsaw <laughs> man's gonna be fucking dope. Alright, let's just, okay. We're, okay, we're so, done. We're so, done. So we're that's, done. Okay, that's the end of our uh, new segment. Uh, we will take a break and then we will Well, come... actually, no, there was one more thing. Wait, oh. Y- I mean, the Plus Ultra platform announcement, Yeah, right? sure, let's, let's just do that as yeah. well, okay? 
Well, so, yeah. So plus ultra, new uh, new platform. Oh, so it's the My Hero Academia, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, the news article itself is um, so this is actually announced on uh, Fuji TV's uh, official website. They're releasing a new programming block uh, in partner in partnership with Crunchyroll. Uh, so they're going to be rolling out a bunch of new projects that will feature like original anime projects. Um, some of them will be directed by uh, you know the guy who did uh, Planets, Code Geass. Oh, good Dr. shows, Arrow. good shows, very very good shows. Uh, and then there's also like some collaborations with uh, Polygon Pictures. Polygon Pictures is a very well well known, uh, renowned uh, studio that does a lot of uh, 3D work. Renowned, I'm not sure, but yes, That's they really are very. It. They're well they're known. known. They're known. Okay, Studio Orange will always be my top in terms of 3D animated studios. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, yo, Jason did show an episode of Oh, Hosoki, no, yeah, okay, okay. Hosoki no Kuni. Okay, yeah, sure, Land Illustrious, yeah, fucking brilliant. I'll go into it a little bit more later on, but oh my later god, later on, when later on? I mean, when whenever I, we decide to actually, I I decide to actually fully watch it and then tell the audience why they should watch it. But like right now, check it out. It's okay. fucking great. Speaking of like crazy absurdist storylines, explaining someone Land of the Illustrious, the storyline is just incomprehensible. Oh, there is these genderless. People, they are named after minerals because they are the minerals. And then, okay. Anime. Yeah. Manga. Light novels. Visual novels. The fuck, guys? It's, I love all of you. It's fucking, y- y'all, y'all weird and crazy as shit, and I love every single one of you. Don't, don't change. Don't be different. But be different. But if you ever make an anime called uh, Reborn as a Pachinko Machine, let this be known that you are... It is copyright infringement. Infringing copyright. On the GAP bros, all right? All right, we're Wh- done. Which studio would be the one to do that, though? Us. Actually, no, like, which would be, like, which is usually known as, like, the Isekai studio. The studio that has, like, usually, like, done the most Isekais. We might, should, I mean, we can actually, like, figure that out. Pull out the stats later, But, like, yeah. let me see. On, on top of my head... <laughs> It has to be like a second tier studio, so to speak. And my second tier, I don't mean like lesser tier, but like the ones you don't hear that often. Mm, like Brains Base? No, Sig- Signal MD or Silver Links. There you go. One of those. Yeah. Lurch, yeah. maybe? I don't know. Leiden Films? No, Leiden Films, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, we're we're going off topic. So right, yeah, we're, well, we need to decom- we're 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 real like on a high level right now. It's just like, our anime brains are like, like stimulated, and we need to calm down a little bit. All right, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. See you in a bit. This is episode 18. I'm your co-host, Jason. We have calmed down, and I'm joined, as always, as usual, with Will over here. We left on a pretty uh, weird and crazy note uh, before the break, didn't we? Yeah, that's why I have to lead in to be as NPR-like as possible. <laughs> this is a National Anime and Manga Radio. Uh, this, is, uh, this is William and uh, Jason. 
How, how are you doing? We're, we're now back to our regular syndication where we uh, talk about more manga and anime. Espressos are great. <laughs> the weather here is a summer breeze, but when the Sakura, no, when the cherry blossoms fall. Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> why, why, why when I'm thinking, I always have like a speech impediment. I don't get it. Like, I think when you just take yourself a little too seriously, right? Like when you have like, one minor lapse, it's way more apparent. All right, guys. Um, so our main discussion topic today is actually, and rather we call it now an episodic format, which is the the style is going to be the same, but the things that we talk about is different. So for context, if you haven't listened to the end of episode seventeen, what Will and I did was we would pick a bunch of animes that is on our plan to watch list on our respective my anime lists now to give like some background context to the whole my anime list thing um, for those who don't have a mal account or like aren't like too like well versed with the platform when you have a show like when you have a, a series entry on uh, either the manga or the anime side you can add it to a specific list so you can keep track of the show so they'll have different categories like watching like they're currently watching dropped on hold and in this particular instance plan to watch now there's a lot of shows there's a lot of shows on the database and that also means that we will generally have interest to, to pick these up and to watch or read them but time is time is a bitch time is not easy to get a hold of sometimes and you just can't allocate enough time to read and watch everything that's on the database sometimes we're just lazy sometimes we just don't have interest in it or sometimes like we know we're going to enjoy it so we just put it off for a little bit of time before we finally you know get off our asses and actually start watching something you mean steins gate i got it okay 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 yeah yep, yep, yep. For, for me it's also finishing the monogatari series sure or like watching some stuff that's like been like rotting away on my plan to watch list so in addition to what will just said we wanted to have an opportunity to watch these shows that are forever on our plan to watch list so we can clear them out bit by bit although it will never be cleared out fully and at the same time be able to not be not limited by the topic, basically. Because sometimes, for example, when we talk about a certain theme or a certain studio, we are obviously limited by the thing in quite the topic in question. But with uh what we now call GAP anime closet cleanup, we essentially pick uh shows for each other to watch and then we draw it out of a hat. Yeah. Some of these shows like we might have mentioned before or we might talk about in a future episode, but they're never always going to be like the essential part of the discussion. So whenever these shows come up, it's like, well, it's on our lists. Like if we don't watch it now, when are we gonna watch it? If it's not something we're gonna pick up and accordance to our release schedules for GAP, is there ever going to be a time where we actually allocate a segment to discuss them? So what we did was Will would have his cleanup list and I would have my cleanup list. And then within each of our cleanup list, we would have a total of 10 shows, five from our own plan to watch list and five from the other person's plan to watch list, which is chosen by the other person. Then we would do two from each list, basically. So you would have a total of four shows to watch from the total of two sets of five, 10. Yeah, so one thing that we will probably make uh, amendments with in future recordings is, um, so we, we wanted to do a series limit because we didn't want to inundate someone with too much work, too much stuff to watch. What I didn't realize was that a lot of the stuff that I picked were double cur series. 
Meaning and some, it's anywhere from 24 to 26 episodes. And some of the stuff that I picked, which was on purpose, was like 10, 11, or even movies. There was so. one, I think there was like six or eight episodes. One was very, very uh, short. One, uh, was like, yeah, one, one was like an hour and 40 minutes, which was like a movie, uh, which is Promare. Unfortunately, didn't pick it. But the stuff we did pick, okay, some about, really, really good stuff. So, Will, how about you go over each of our cleanup list and then which ones that we drew from the hat? Because we actually drew it from a hat last right. episode. So from my own, so from my overall cleanup list, okay, five that were picked from my plan to watch list were Land of Lustrous, Rakugo Shinju, Promare, and the ones that I did end up drawing were Daily Lives of High School Boys and Jahaya Furu Season 1. From Jason's plan to watch list that he picked for me, I got Rin, Daughter of uh, Menacent, I can't pronounce that word, uh, Sankaria, Sword of the Stranger, and the two that I drew were Kakushigoto, the TV show, not the movie, and Kyosugiga. From Jason's overall cleanup list, the five that I picked out from my plan to watch list were Sakamichi no Apollon, or Boys on the Slope. Kids on the Slope. Kids on the Slope. Full Metal Panic and Gankutsuo, or like the Count of Monte Cristo. That's correct. And the two that he ended up drawing were Higashi no Eden, or Eden of the East, and Haibane Reme. And then the last five from his own list that I drew uh, for, that I picked out for him were Happy Sugar Life, Patrol Luco, and Angel Beats, and I'm, I was just so happy, but also like, damn, the odds were like so against you for this one. Uh, no Dame Cantabile and Hachibitsu no Clover, to Clover or Honey and Clover. Right. So those are our the ones that we had to choose from our list and the ones that we drew. So. Will and I will kind of alternate between each of our shows that we have assigned each other to watch. Will, which are you going to start with? I was pretty, like, re- I was actually really happy uh, with the the four that uh, were, were drawn from the hat for me. Um, I have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed overall, like, watching the series. But some of them, of course, I liked more than others. The one I want to start off with is Kyoso Giga. Right. So Kyosukiga is an anime that came out, I think, 2011. I think 2011 or 2012. Um, no, sorry, 2013, actually. 2012 was the the ONA. And then uh, there was also another ONA that came out before that. Uh, overall, 10 episodes produced by Toei Animation. Really, really big company. Uh, also done in collaboration with Ban Presto. So we're talking like two really big Japanese toy companies, games developers, who then came in to work with one of the largest animation studios in Japan. So the anime ran for about 10 episodes, aired at the end of 2013. And it's a, it's a very... It's, it's, very an an, it's an anime original. Original, yeah. Started off as an ONA, and then they branched off to making 10 uh, TV, show, TV episodes. It's a very... To, to, to boil it down simply, it's a very ambitious show. It starts off with a character. His name is um, his name is Mio. I think Mio, um, but uh, I think his actual name is uh, Yakushimaru. So he starts off the story talking about how he was an orphan, but he's blessed with a, a crazy power uh, in which that he's able to draw things. And the things that he draws, he he is able to imbue them with some sort of you know magical spiritual power that they end up taking on life. They actually end up coming out as real life creatures, real life characters. And then they, so they're they're technically not human because they were originally drawings, but they then 
you know, get formed into like an actual, they, they get human bodies, they get like human brains, personalities and all that. And so through that, he basically is able to create a family. Now, uh, this is like originally set like long, 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 long time ago. People were like, he, he was ostracized from society because honestly, if anybody was to have any form of magical power, you'd freak the fuck out. But for him, this is like for him, it's it's a very spiritual, like kind of self exploration story in which in the beginning it's all kind of episodic, learning more about each individual character, their 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 reason for being, their reason for existence, uh, and generally like how their character is developed throughout the course of the anime. It's um there's a lot of spiritual like backstories, so it's very tied to like Japanese history, Japanese thought and culture. So, as someone who hasn't really grown up in Japan, or like my main exposure to Japan is you know going on holiday there, you know eating lots of Japanese food like ramen and sushi and tempura and all that, and also watching and reading a lot of anime and manga to have me like dive deep into traditional Japanese culture, folklore, spiritual stories, and all that, it, it will take a while for me to pick up. It, it's kind of like, um, oh, there's, a, there's a lot of these shows that have Japanese, like, traditional underlyings, undertales, like, like Mushishi, right? Mushishi is a, a great show, but there is a lot of depth. The issue with Kiyosugiga though, is whilst Mushishi and shows that tend to dive deep into Japanese folklore and traditions, those tend to have multiple curves. Like, we're talking maybe, like, a, a double cur kind of season of 24 episodes and beyond. There might be, like, a follow-up movie. There might be more series and more seasons that come afterwards. Kiyosugiga is all compactly put together within 10 episodes. And so, the stories themselves are very, very deep and dense, and it's Sometimes it's it can be quite easy to get yourself lost in it. Not to mention that when you're spending so much time trying to understand the story, the other thing that the show tries to achieve is for you to build up an affinity, build up a sort of interest in the characters that exist within the show. Granted, the, the, the characters are all well thought out, but because there was so much going on, was in such a short amount of time, it was hard for me personally to get connected emotionally to any of the characters. One thing I will say, though, about Kiyosakiga is that the animation quality is fantastic. It's very, very vibrant, well put together. So when there are action sequences or when they start changing environments, because it, it, it's, it's juxtaposed between like modern Japanese society as well as like old Edo period sort of like art styles too. So it's, it's a very like ambitious mix of tradition and futuristic landscapes. And that's one thing that I really do appreciate from Kiyosugiga. So whilst the show is very, very deep and thick and it's hard for, you know, the, the average anime viewer or even like a rookie anime viewer to get into straight away. I can see where, like, for some people who really care about, you know, deep plot, who care about, you know, lengthy discussion about character development, this could be a show that's good for them. I would need to give it a second viewing again to properly learn the backstories and the character interactions. But overall, I I thought it was good. I thought it was okay. So, Kyosu Giga is one of the shows that, in terms of Will's cleanup list, came from my plan-to-watch list. And I was always curious about it. 
uh, for a while, actually. I just never got around to watching it. And uh, the thing that actually hooked me was, I think, the first six, seven minutes of the first episode, where they kind of detailed this family and how they came about. Also, the main, the priest, right? Uh, he's basically, if what if Naruto's Sai was a normal pacifist? Then you have Kyosugiga. At least that's what the thought came to my mind. I was like, oh, and there's a love story. Oh, and they have kids. Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? So that was the reason why I had it on my plan to watch list. So uh, I'm glad that you at least watched it and had some enjoyment. Unfortunately, not like complete, you know, joy. But it, it's just one of those shows where it's like, if you get down with the story and how deep it is, as frantic as the storytelling can be, and also like have like a good connection with the characters that are in the show, in the series, you will enjoy it. And for me, like I had like certain levels of enjoyment across the board. Unfortunately, it just fell a bit short in terms of emotional impact, in terms of like overall series resolution for myself. But, I mean, I, I could still recommend it to people who, like, it's it's almost like reading a book. Yeah, like if you like intricate detail, if you like really deep storytelling, and you want not just action, not just like, crazy like plot twists. No, like, there aren't many twists in the story. The story is very much laid out in front for you to watch and to understand. And if you're down with that, then this could be like, a really good show for you. Right. Okay. I also know it's getting a little bit stuffy in here. You mind if I just open up the doors? There might be some like listeners. There might be a little bit of noise in the background, but like I would like to open up the doors. Yeah, I'm like I'm like like wiping my sweat. Let's yeah, do it. sure. Right. Let's. So while Will opens the door, I will get into my first uh, cleanup anime, which is Eden of the East. Eden of the East is a spring 2009 anime. It's an anime original and is produced by Production IG. Very big name. You obviously, if you watch a lot of anime, you definitely have come across Production IG. Haikyuu? Definitely, for example. Psychopaths? Uh, did they also do Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex? Yes, they did. There you go. So, this is an 11-episode TV series. And in addition to that, there is there are two movies, both of which are around one and a half hours long. That ties up the whole series. I only watched the TV series. Okay. I think Eden of the East is an extremely ambitious show because it starts off with essentially the interactions between this guy who has amnesia, but then all of a sudden realizes that the situation that he's in is extremely odd because all of a sudden he has this phone when he picks up the phone, there's a woman on the other line, and whatever he asks for gets done. Furthermore, he uh, bumps into this girl and then kind of saves her life kind of thing. And then they both travel uh, around Japan or around Tokyo. There is this kind of mysterious incident called Careless Monday that occurred uh, that apparently affected a lot of people. And... uh, there is just the the mystery behind the phone, and it turns out that there are several of these people who have these phones, and they kind of can do whatever the hell they want as long as they talk to the person on the other end of the line. There's the mystery behind the guy who has amnesia, 
who he really is, what he's really doing. And, oh, all of a sudden, there are all these people that claim that, like, you need to save the world and savior and whatever. So there's a mystery element. Okay. When I say all that, don't you think that that's pretty ambitious? Yeah, I mean, like, there's definitely a lot going. Uh, at least, at least, there's a lot for them to, to to run off with and work with. So, and then that also ties into this eventual theme of the present generation being screwed over by the previous generation because they don't have any opportunity, they don't have anything. Competitiveness have driven to the point where you're better off being a neat, you know, like a a. a an antisocial person because you can't find a job because everyone is clamoring for it and all the people that have it together are are, are sitting and just not uh, not moving up or down so it's just like this kind of gridlock situation and it kind of is very reminiscent of a, like a future apocalyptic scenario that has not reached like um you know, like a like it's not like volcanoes or like disasters. It's more like a social disaster, so to speak. Now, when it comes to the types of shows that have a mystery element or a suspense element, a thing that I always get reminded of, I forgot who told me, but I always remember this, which is they say that the smartest person in the show is only as smart as the writer because essentially the writer is the one who writes everything. So the characters that they write has to be as good as they portray in the anime. And sometimes, or many times, it there is this disjointedness between how, quote-unquote, smart these people are and how smart they actually are when they do certain things or say certain things. I think the mystery element is pretty interesting, but is not very captivating. I also think that the girl, her name is Saki. She's the female main character. She has orange hair. She is probably one of the most useless female characters ever. Like, she does nothing. She Way worse than Sakura from Naruto? Way worse. Because at least Sakura does stuff. She just fails at it. Like Saki, on the other hand, is just like, she has problems. Okay, I get that. Everyone has problems. But then she becomes a damsel in distress. She kind of is in the center of all these things that are happening, but she doesn't really contribute much towards the plot, towards the characters, and she's surrounded by people doing the stuff, and she's like, it's like she's in the center of the universe, but she's just never moving. And you're just like, well, what? Well, what's the point? Uh, there is a lot of, like, even the mystery element of who is this person on the other end of this phone that is, like, can accomplish a lot of things and then it's interesting because as i said there are multiple people and there is a log of all the stuff that each of these people do and the money expense that is incurred so you can literally check oh this mysterious person paid for an entire building and this is how much it costs <coughs> and then the whole point is you're supposed to try to save the world and it's interesting that some of these people their definition of saving the world is varies wildly some are more altruistic some are more violent some say that oh there needs to be chaos in order to generate change and some people say no it's education or something like that so i think the concepts are very good 
I think the execution is really bad. It's just a lot of high level kind of like thinking thought that goes into it, and it doesn't necessarily stick the landing. Right, it's not able to accomplish all of the all of the in- intricacy yeah, that they like, set them, themselves up from the beginning. Like they have like these dramatic moments, these action scenes, quote unquote action scenes, and I was I felt the same way as when they were just having a conversation. I felt like no difference it, in terms of my feelings, and the. It, it, it's just very whatever. And that's unfortunate because I really do feel that what they were going for is really good. But they, as you said, Will, they don't stick to landing. I have to say, though, if your opening is a song by Oasis called Falling Down, just just think about that for a sec, guys. The One of the most popular bands in the entire world, Oasis, has a song. And that's the theme song for this anime. That's crazy to me. I thought I had to do a double take. And I was like, oh, it says Noel Gallagher. Yeah, do you wonder if any of the Gallagher brothers know what Ina the East is? I don't fucking think they probably, so. They, they probably don't give a shit either. Yeah. I think also another thing that I'm not sure of is that this was made in 2009. And obviously since then, over 10 years, I don't know if I were to watch this in 2009 if I would actually appreciate it more. Because... Throughout the, the 10, 10, 12 years since then, I've consumed a lot of anime, manga, live-action media that kind of goes for the same thing. So I don't know if I would appreciate it more if I were to watch it back then. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had this on, on my own list as well because it was just one of those shows where it seems like it's like the critic's choice, but not necessarily the people's choice. There's like a lot of things where, like, Maybe you don't like the plot direction. Maybe you don't like the artwork. Maybe you don't like the way the characters are written. So but, the artwork yeah. is pretty interesting because it's made by the Honey and Clover character designer. And uh, if I, when I'll get into Honey and Clover, um, and, but Will knows this, sometimes the character expressions are kind of chibi, cart- quote-unquote cartoony-like. Uh, for the most part, Eden of the East does not have that, but there are moments that are like that, and it's super weird because it does not fit with the suspenseful dread tone of the anime. Like the character designs when they look normal like quote unquote normal, it, it's fine. Uh the animation is still is pretty good because it's production IG. Everything is good. But in terms of the storyline, which is obviously the main thing, it's it falls really short. And uh I also think that you having the main guy character having amnesia is like the most whatever thing ever. But hey. I mean, yeah, like, ambition is always nice to have when you're trying to create something, right? You want to try and push yourself beyond your boundaries and really go for something that catches the eye of the audience. And I think this is, like, Eden of the East is one of those shows where it's like, it, it did catch our eyes. There's a reason why it's on our watch lists. But in the end, right, like, having now watched it, I mean, for you, right, you can now see perhaps why you left it off for so long. Yeah, maybe. But I think at the end of the day, also, one last thing I'll say about Eden of the East is that it, it, is a, it seems to me that if it was adapted into a live-action Western show, even animated or live-action, actually, it makes more sense to me. Because, a lot. Of, first of all, they have a lot of references to English movies and foreign movies out of nowhere. Okay. They talk about, like, Dawn of the Dead at one point. Okay. 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 They talk about a French film at one point. Apparently, films matter a lot in this world. And I just feel like 
uh, it also takes place a little bit in Washington, D.C., ever so slightly. And then it's just kind of weird that anime is a very unconventional anime in that sense. So I will definitely give them credit for that. But overall, um, I'm a couple episodes away from finishing it, and I dropped it still. I don't think it's great. It's it's hard to, you know know that you're so close to finishing it but you just can't muster the strength of vision because look like india it's still time right and like there may be other shows you want to spend more time on and you know luckily outside of the shows we just mentioned right kyosugiga and the east we both have three more shows each that we also spent some time to, to watch and consume yeah so i would say even though the east was a disappointment for sure but, but it, it, it was it, a, it could still work for some people, right? It's a very competently done show. And I and I mean that in the best way possible. It's it it looks fine. It's done okay. Like it, everything's okay about it. It's just, I guess, expectations, that's all. Like the plot's just kind of all over the place. Like or like sometimes you just don't even really know what it's you're It's fine watching. if it's all over the place, but then it comes together. But then kind of when it starts coming together, I'm just like, I don't really care about this. Right. So that yeah, that's it. So uh. Well, I mean, hopefully it's, it doesn't sh- like you know scare you away from watching these shows. Like again, Kyosugiga, there are going to be people who will enjoy it, and I think you would say even the East as well. Yeah, some people will dig it for sure. I think again with these cleanups in general, the whole point is we get a mixed bag of shows that are on our plan to watch list, but we just never got around to it. Doesn't necessarily mean they're all like good or the ones that we all like, but it's just that. We now have an opportunity to force ourselves to watch these shows. So, Will, what is the second show you're going to talk about? Okay, now we're going to the stuff that I did actually like. Some of them really, really like. So, the next show that I watched, I think Kyosugiya was actually the one that I watched last and finished last. But the one I finished before it, no, that was the other one. So, this is a, this is the show that I watched second in my overall cycle. And this is Kakushigoto. Or, you know, it's full title of Kagushigoto, My Dad's Secret Ambition. Now, Kagushigoto itself is, you know, a smart wordplay because Kagushigoto is also a Japanese word for secret. Uh, it's also the name of the main character in this series, Kakushi Goto. Um, so, Mr. Kakushi, uh, Mr. Goto, I don't actually know the order of Japanese names here. Um, but uh, he essentially. I think Goto is a first name. Goto would be the first name, right? So, it would be Mr. Uh, yeah, Kakushi san. So Kakushi is essentially the you know the titular character and also the main character. So it's not just you know them being smart. It is a little bit, but there's more meaning, more reason to why they have him using his name as the title and also having him as you know the name Kakushi Goto. So the character is a mangaka. So he you know writes manga. He's you know very successful in his world. That's cool, right? That should be something that's awesome to, to have, except. He has a young daughter. His young daughter is named Hime. Um, and she is like just a young little like primary school kid, is very, very, you know, bright and cheerful, and really, really loves spending time with her dad. So there's no mom in the story, unfortunately, because of an accident that happened and you know the mother's no longer around. So that's why Kakushi you know really wants to devote and spend a lot of time, not just to keep Keep her happy, but also keep her protected. Oh, okay, so the the daughter just has to hang out with the dad all the time, right? That's that's, that's what she wants to try and no, do. Yeah, exactly. That's what she tries to do. I'm, I'm I'm saying that makes perfect sense, Will. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, as his job, he's a mangaka. 
Oh, I, I but, mean, I know a lot of um, mangakas by name. I don't know them personally, but they're awesome people, right? Hime doesn't know that he's a mangaka. Oh. Right? Now, the reason being is that he's not just writing any ordinary manga. He's not, like, writing, like, you know, triple serialized, like, shonens. shonens. He's not doing any, like, like romance novels. He's not doing anything that's, like, you know, what he does is super oh, oh, popular. isekai. Isekai. That's, that's the one. I wouldn't doubt that he has an isekai, but it would still fall under the tag ecchi. Okay. He is an ecchi mangaka. So he did interview. Interspecies reviewer. Pretty much. I think one of his posters actually is him just sitting naked with his penis out. <laughs> and like, like, was it actually that explicit? It's it, it's got his face again. Oh, oh over I see, I see, I see. Like okay. that. But it's like you from there, like basically anytime anyone talks about his properties, they know that, oh, that's that crazy, horny, pervert mangaka. Oh, I love the work he does. And for him, it's like it's amazing that he gets this worldwide acclaim, but he also wants to protect his daughter from it because he doesn't want his daughter to think of him in a weird light. He doesn't want to essentially ostracize himself from her right. by freaking her out with his edgy mangaka past. So it's kind of like, oh, my mother used to be a porn star. How is that going to like – Yeah, those kind uh, of things. You yeah. want to protect your child from those things because in all honesty, like once you grow up and like you know you're – you know an adult and you know how the real world works. I mean, you're going to know, like, but the problem is you want to delay that as much as possible. You would be more emotionally and socially ready to accept it. Exactly. But as a 10-year-old girl, like, Kakushi has no idea how she's going to accept it. She doesn't, he doesn't want her classmates to be like, oh, that's the weird girl with, like, the horny, like, perverted dad who likes to draw, like, booby manga and all that. Like, oh, look at her. Let's see what she's... He doesn't want that to happen. He wants to protect her at all costs. I mean, her name is Hime, right? Hime is, is, is Japanese for princess. princess yeah. He is, she is his literal princess. No matter what, anytime he gets time off, he will spend it with his daughter. And Hime, whenever she's got school like school vacations, she wants to spend time with him. To the point where like, even if she was to have like birthdays or outings or whatnot, she doesn't care if her friends are there or not. She just wants to spend time with her father. So Kagushi Goto is based on the source is the manga of the same name. I think there are 12 volumes out right now. Uh, finished up last year as well. So it's yeah. like over the span of five years, it pumped out 12 volumes. The adaptation, the anime adaptation is, again, I can't say how faithful because I didn't read the manga, but from the sounds of it, they definitely skip a lot of the in-betweens, a lot of the slice of lives and comedy segments, which is understandable. I don't think that this is the kind of show where they wanted to produce too many sequels and like more and more like offshoots or you know different kinds of like adaptations for but it, it ties up the story very well it's definitely more on the comedy side than the more sort of like depressing heartfelt kind of themes but the underlying story of how the daughter and the father's familial connection is so strong that no matter what they want to protect each other Right, like in the sense that Kakushi is trying to protect his daughter from ostracization if people were to find out if he she was to find out what her father does, and in the same way she wants to protect him because he has no she she just thinks that he works as an office and he's she's afraid that by doing just regular like office work that she that he wouldn't be happy and she doesn't want him to feel like he has to quote unquote office work 
to make sure that she's happy. So it's it's a very kind of like cute and oblivious kind of upbringing. Like all she does is want the best for her dad, and just seeing that relationship like blossom over the course of a curve is just is just really cute and beautiful. And uh, how does it look? That's the other thing. As much as I said that Kiyosugiga looked like really really good, I think of the four shows I watched, hands down, Kakushigoto is the most beautiful show. It's extremely colorful. It's and by colorful I don't mean it's like got like a, a whole wide palette of reds, greens, blues and there's like levels of contrast here, a lot of, a lot of blending here and all that. No, what I mean is like when you see the color blue, it's really blue. And yes. it's like it's like symbolic blue when it's like talking about water or talking about the, the the temperature or talking about someone's mood the colors themselves are further extensions of expression for the environment for the characters for the themes and it's done so well that you know it's there you know the colors are there but you can't help but keep thinking god this this panel looks amazing god this whole sequence is really gorgeous and everything just feels very very natural it's not like oh it's an action sequence and people are fighting and it looks really smooth no it's just it's almost like Tatami Galaxy-esque where all you need is just a few colors, a few lines of shading, and it's enough to tell half the story. And that's one thing that immediately before I even got into the story, I was super down with from the beginning. Kakushi Goto is an amazingly gorgeous show to watch. It's also among all of our cleanups, the most recent one. It which only is, came out last year. Yes, yeah. spring 2020. So what what is your overall thoughts and final score on it, Will? I think if you want to spend time watching a heartfelt and mostly comedic show that is matched with just overall like vibrant colors and wonderful character design, wonderful character development, this is a very good show to watch. I, 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 I can comfortably comfortably give this an 8 out of 10. Or four out of five stars. Eight, not a nine. Nine is, again, there's a reason for it. It's because okay. watching the other stuff later on, it's it's not quite there. It's not the full package. Okay. One thing I will have to say is that the story itself is great. But knowing that the story also like cut out a lot of the manga just to go from beginning to end, there are going to be a few things that are left out. And considering it's only, I think, what, 11 or 12 episodes, uh, 12 episodes, ending's a little bit rushed. Do you think you'll read the manga? Maybe. Okay. I think, like, if, if, if I wanted to know more about the stories that happen in between, right? Like, how further developed the relationship between mother, uh, father and, and daughter is, relationship of father and colleagues, relationship of daughter with classmates and teachers. If you want to know more about that side of the story, definitely pick up the manga but if you only want to check out just 12 episodes of a really beautiful and gorgeous and also cute anime yo one season of kakushi goto go for it so that this one was also from my plan to watch list and i'm really glad that you uh really enjoyed it and actually it will now propel me to uh like up the list to uh watch this show it's insanely cute it's really cute nice so um will actually now that i think about it I'm going to talk about Nodama Katsubile and Honey and Clover back to back. So you have a choice of going to me. No, just uh, let me hit me with the uh, hit me with my childhood nostalgia. All right. Uh, which one do you want first? Nodama. Okay. So easily like I want to hear more about 
hunting clover later. I'm going to need more time to digest that later on anyway. So, Nodame Katabile uh, is a winter 2007 anime based on the manga of the same name, which is produced by JC Staff, which is... Come on, JC uh, and one thing as well, just to even be more clear about why we're doing this whole segment, a lot of these shows are like almost 10 years old, if not older. Yeah, so here's the other thing too that uh, I forgot to – I didn't mention, but we have the statistics right here. All my shows are before 2010. Will only has one show that is 2020 or recent, and everything else is like – what, you have one is 2012, I think? Yeah, but even then, it's like close to 10 years. Right, right, exactly. Outside of Kakushigoto, everything is almost a decade away from today. And I will be honest, with a lot of them, they look like they can be made and released this year. Yeah, like they've aged quite well. Very well. So, Nodame Katsubile, as I said, was produced by JC Staff, um, based on the manga of the same name. I think there are a total of three seasons, plus movies? Movies? Yeah. Is there movies? There is, there is I think, I believe is a movie. So, uh, but I only watched the first season. I think that uh, it is a really good show. So it is about, it's essentially about two musicians in music school. like, And uh, it just talks about their ascension to being musicians and being part of an orchestra and things like that. And their love story and their trials and tribulations and slice of life at music school. That's That's generally it, right? I mean, essentially. I mean, as, I mean, as, there's there's yeah. a lot of events that happen in between, but really, that's what it condenses as, to. As far as like a music slice of life is right, like it, it has to stick to those conventions. Yeah. So when I first noticed about Nodama Katsubile, I only knew several things. The first thing was it was one of Will's most cherished shows. Also, uh. I yeah, know. actually, yeah, to, to the listeners who wouldn't have figured out, my actual beginning into anime and manga was actually very slice-of-life focused. Yeah. Stuff I was watching was like Ichigo 100% and Chobits and the Dame Katsubile and then later on Honey and Clover. So the fact that I have no Dame Katsubile and Honey and Clover and the fact that it wasn't done on purpose, it was just straight luck, was kind of crazy. Or unluck. Unluck. No, it's fine. So I, I knew that Will really... Uh, has a lot of personal attachment to this anime. I also know that it's about music. Uh, at the time, I didn't know what was it about other than it's about music. The only other show that I thought it was similar to before I watched it was Your Lie in April. And for those who have not watched Your Lie in April, what are you doing? But also, Your Lie in April is pretty good. That's me. I haven't watched Your Lie in April yet. But it was a very emotionally charged show. So I thought Nodama Katsubile was going to be like that. But actually, it turns out to be way more comedic slice of life than I anticipated, which actually is not a bad thing in the least. It's actually just different. That's it. And I think the comedic timing is really good. The storylines are done very well. And it's about adults. We always we talk about shonans and high school. So to have working adults trying to figure out what to do with their lives or having some pressure that only adults would face is very refreshing. Um, I think Nodame's personality, which is the woman, is quite annoying at first and then grew on me real fast. Uh, she kind of has like this airhead, uh, like playful 
dense personality. I think like when I, I noticed, because at the time, outside of watching the Diamond Bile and all these SOLs, I was actually also watching a lot of like Slice of Life live actions as well. Like I was watching things like um, like Hanayori Dango, which is a Boys Over Flowers. And that was also like there, there's there's an anim- there's a manga and also a Japanese adaptation for it and also a Korean adaptation for it and then a Chinese adaptation for it and yeah you'll have those very specific character tropes when it comes to those kind of like romantic SOLs like chill SOLs where you have the girl who's slightly a bit like on the more airheadish side quirky quirky side and then or they can also be the guy too and then you have like the guy or the girl who's more sort of like straight edged like very serious done by the books kind of characters and it's just watching those opposites tracked that's when like the two come together and you start seeing oh like how could these two possibly fall in love with each other and then they show and prove you that they can get in love with each other when it comes to anime about music or actually, let me rephrase. When the source is a manga and it talks about music, such as Your Lion April, such as Nodame Katsubile, such as Sounds of Life, it is almost a no-brainer to me that an anime with a audio component is extremely pivotal. And when you are a, you claim to be a music anime and your music is shit, then you're kind of like, well, then what's the point? I'm here to say that Nodami Katsubile's uh, music is exceptional. I I, lo- I love it. Uh, I'm talking even about the insert songs. Like, the insert songs, like, the ones that, like, kind of convey a tone between a conversation are all, like, classical orchestral pieces. So it's not just your typical anime kind of soundtrack where it's very, uh, in a way, generic or very uh, indicative of the tone. But this one also has, like... There's a playful one, there's a fast one, there's a dramatic one, and they all seem to be orchestral-related, which is obvious because they're at a music school. I also think another thing that I give a lot of credit to is that there is performances, of course. And these performances, for the most part, are shown entire in, in entirety. So they're, they might cut to, like, you know, similar to Sounds of Life, they might cut to have some uh, monologue or some some kind of like different like camera angles but the music is actually played from beginning to end in one go and the music in Nodame Katsubile particularly there is one called um Rhapsody in Blue that is an orchestra I don't know too much about classical music but I know about Rhapsody in Blue mainly because of Fantasia and uh I really like that orchestral piece a lot so when I discovered that they actually had that performance I was so pleasantly surprised. It was awesome. Um, And it's just kind of interesting to have like a bunch of misfits kind of people that shun them in school come together and actually manage to form something out of it. Now, at this point, I have not even mentioned the male MC yet. But that's not because uh, Chiaki, who is the male MC, has any deficiency or that. No, it's not that. It's just interesting, his journey, because he's kind of like the wonder boy. He is the the one that is deemed the most talented and most outstanding in the school. Like, he's, he's number one. But he also has his internal struggle, or he tries to find his way in life as well that almost everyone has to face. 
And uh, it is interesting that a lot of these characters would all uh, get very jealous of Chiaki because he has like, oh, your father and mother are like musicians or famous musicians. So, of course, you would be talented and they all get jealous of him. But then over time, he kind of wins. Chiaki wins everyone over because they're like, oh, actually, this guy puts in time and work like he's he's not just like coasting like he's actually legit putting work and that's the reason why he's number one okay background and talent aside but putting in work i think yeah whenever like we talk about like talent there's always like assumptions of a level of arrogance cockiness maybe like thinking that they're above others who aren't on their level and so that's why it's you know sometimes it's quick and easy to judge people because like it's cool to it, it, success is great, but when it's someone else being successful and not you, jealousy can kick in, right? Yeah. And uh, it's just interesting that a lot of characters, because they're adults, they treat each other like adults. And they they deal with stuff in a way that is very mature and normal for, for that age. I also think that um, another thing that is very interesting about the music is Chiaki and Nodame plays a lot of piano. And the hand movement on the piano, even though it's very obvious that it's done in 3D, is so fluid and fantastic oh, that I cannot help but think of another show called Forest of Piano by Netflix. Did you did you that watch that looks atrocious? Did you watch that opening segment? You showed it to me. Holy, we watched it together. Holy fuck, dude, right? <laughs> yeah, man. It was so bad. No, we're talking about Forest of Piano, right? Yeah. So Nodama Katsubile is done like eons ago, and it is still better than that. Like it it is very convincing, and I'm pretty sure the notes that they play are exactly the same. Which leads me to my final um, observation, which is part of me wishes that I have a lot of knowledge in music, especially orchestral classical music. I don't. And generally, in terms of music, I am not very melodic at all. I wonder if I knew, like, oh, the pieces that they play, or if I knew, like, the critiques that the teacher gives the students, would I enjoy it more? But regardless, I enjoy it immensely, and I give it a 9 out of 10. There is a very high likelihood that I would finish the whole thing, as in not just season one, but all of it. But I might have to do it in doses, because it's one of those things where if I do it all in one go, it's gone. And Nodame Katsubile is just kind of chill, a little bit of drama, just very ever so slightly, kind of adorable, Everyone is nice. It's like a nice fine wine, right? You want to just sip it. You don't want to just go all in, all in, just finish it in one go. Just like really slowly enjoy your time with it. Yep, I, I, I really like. And the fact that it was done by JC staff, like people might have their conceptions about preconceptions about JC staff. I mean, we have our preconceptions, and also what they did with like One Punch Man. But if you talk about like comedies and slice of lives, like they, they have a really good track record. Definitely to have a very good track record. So I am very impressed by Nodame Katsubile. Uh The other show that I'm extremely impressed by is Honey and Clover. Now, I'm really happy to hear this one because between the two, as much as I really like Nodame, Honey and Clover was my shit. So JC Staff is on a roll because Honey and Clover is also produced by JC Staff. It's based on the manga of the same name, and it's a spring 2005 anime. I think there are two seasons. Uh, the first season is two curs, and the second season is only one cur, so th- like 12, 13 episodes. And I think that's it, right? Yep. So I only watched the first well, season. Well, I mean, they also did like live action stuff, but we don't, we're not going to talk about that. 
Right. Not because it's bad, but because we just didn't watch it. It's not the good live action palette, right? This no, is... it's the good anime palette. Guys, come on. Get with the program. Okay. This show, first of all, it bears a lot of similarities with Marsh Comes In Like a Lion. Because obviously it's done by the same mangaka. Which again, also another one that I need to watch or read too, right? March Comes Like a Lion. Yep. Oof. So uh, Chika Umino is the name of the mangaka. She also obviously did the character designs for Even of the East, but here she, it's her, it's her manga. It's his his manga, her manga. I can't. Shit. Is that her? Her her manga. That's what I thought. Chika is kind of a girl's name. Now, I've watched March Comes in Like a Lion both seasons, and I really like it, especially season two. Season two was very heavy, but very well done. I think if Marsh comes in like a lion is more emotionally impactful and serious, Honey and Clover is just mostly chill and fluffy all the way through. It's just nice. It's just happy. And But when I mean by happy, I do not mean that good things happen to everyone all the time in the anime. In fact, if anything, it, it's about trials and tribulations and character development and struggles with life, which is also interesting because it also takes place in a university, but an art school, which is very different than your typical, again, high school anime. Yeah, I wonder what was going on in my life when I was in high school watching all these adult-oriented or college-oriented shows. Maybe that, maybe it's to get you into the university lifestyle, like, oh, that's what I've looked forward to. Getting ready for the real world. And then, now that I actually live in the real world, I'm watching more high school anime because I want to go back. Yeah. So the opening sequence is really cool. I like the opening sequence for season one really well. Do you remember that, Will? It's, it's been a long time since it's I've like, watched it. It's like live action, but they use food. Oh, right. Okay. I need to rewatch it again. But yeah. The main thing I remember the most are the characters in the show. Like, oh, man. I, I have my favorites, and so, I'm not going to say any more. So I have to say, uh, first I will say that the cast of characters, which – primarily consists of five people. Of course, there are other supporting characters that show up very regularly, but it usually concerns these five people. They're all super likable, super charismatic. I just want everyone to be happy, but it's clear that no one, someone is going to lose out. Someone is going to get hurt. Everyone needs to... I just want everyone to be happy, Will. Why can't everyone be happy? Sorry. I mean, only... Only a certain amount of people can be happy on certain days. Everyone else has to, unfortunately, be sad. I, mean, I, I just want everyone to be happy. I just want I just want love. They they all deserve it. They all deserve it. Hey, man, all these people are living through their own daily struggles, right? So if you don't overcome your struggles, how can you be happy? Okay. Point taken. Yeah. Um, now but again, it's mm-hmm. it's this is not one of those like really depressing like oh god how are they gonna like get this those back on their feet kind of shows. Which no. is what Marsh comes in like a lion is, which is interesting because this one is more like a matter of fact, but the emotions are still real. It's just not that dramatic or that uh, I guess heavy handed or serious. Uh, it's just a different brand of way that people go about uh, dealing with their certain situations, and this is really good. Now, I do give it a 9 out of 10. I think that, like, when I finish it all, 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 is very likely in terms of the whole thing. Finish all of it. The feels, man. The feels. It's it's just – and it's not feeling like, oh, it. I feel like I need to cry or I feel like – but it kind of is like that bittersweet kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was 
in that kind of similar situation, ooh, that was tough, or yeah, I get it, or I relate to that, or, you know, there's just that kind of thought process that happens when it's not like something that is like, oh, you need to be angry, oh, you need to be like crying out of your mind, no, no, but people still go through trials and tribulations. Exactly. It's, it's never, like, too much of an exaggeration of one's reactions to certain situations. It's never, like, trying to showcase, like, the, 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 the most depressing thing or the happiest thing. It's A lot of it is relatable. A lot of it is quite real and not too far from how you would experience things in real life. So this genre, obviously, is called slice of life. I think in terms of the actual literal words, slice of life, Honey and Clover ranks if not number one, very top in terms of every episode is literally a slice of their life at different points in time. I know that sounds really stupid, but I cannot emphasize this enough that the, like the time frames between episodes jump, but you are literally seeing a snippet of their life, a slice, if you will. And <laughs> it is, <laughs> I don't know how else to like go around saying this, well, but it's really, it, it, it's just really good, really heartwarming. I can't believe, similar to No Dami Katsubile, I didn't watch it earlier, and I will likely finish both of them in its entirety. Now, there is one problem with Honey and Clover. It's not a big, big problem, but to me, it's a problem, and it concerns one of the characters. Her name is Hagu, which is the titular character of oh, Honey no. and Clover. She is, a, let's say, a very petite girl. But she is 19. Now, when I say that she is petite, I don't mean like, oh, she is like five foot. I mean, she looks like a literal child. She is legally aged within the story, but questionably drawn. At, at first, I thought she was like a child prodigy or something because they kind of make it so that she was a child prodigy, which is fine. But then, oh, they at one point, they're like, oh, she's 19. And you're, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Are you serious? And then to make matters even more... I guess, murky. Hagu's personality is very dandere, very energetic, very cutesy, very moe, very childlike in, in many ways, like the innocence that comes with that. And the fact that she looks the way that she does and acts the way that she does, that combination is the part that really bothers me, especially when certain affections and love starts to get involved. And I cannot escape that thought of she is just a lolly a legal lolly but oh, great that doesn't make that much of a difference will can you comment a lot uh, a bit on this um i i mean again okay uh, look she's a good character yeah. i really do think she's a good character everyone is likable but do i on one hand i feel kind of bad that i feel this way but on the other hand it's like well that's that's how i feel though for me it was like back then like being 16 17 when i was first watching this never really crossed my mind but now like thinking back on it now like hindsight wise yeah it can be really weird but then again it's we we don't we we, we look at characters like simply for who they are how, how 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 they interact with the world how they interact with other characters and therefore if we just look at this person as like a young innocent-minded shy girl who just really likes art and likes you know and has a talent for it right like if you don't look beyond that, it's a completely normal character to have. 
we, we, of course, it's like it's it's never so easy to say, don't overcomplicate things because no matter what, we will always have our own preconceived biases, our own experiences with certain character designs and Look, choices. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling whoever is adapting or the original mangaka to change that aesthetic. It's I'm, just weird. I, it is it, not right? in my place to say that, nor does it bother me super much or that much, but it it's very, very noticeable. And to me, there's no reason why she has to be a, almost like a literal child. I'm not talking about personality. I'm just saying, if I didn't tell you she was 19, you'd be like, oh, she's just a 13. She, she, she's she's a, like a, a middle schooler that has enough talent to go to a university art school. Right? Yeah. Will. Like she's just a master at art, and therefore she got early entry into this art school. Yeah, but that's not the case. Yeah. So, But that's really a small gripe comparatively to the amount of warmth and feelings that I have for uh, Honey and Clover. She looks even younger in the manga, by the way. Jesus Christ. But at the, at the same time, I tried to wa- read some of the manga, and holy fuck. I mean, there's dialogue everywhere. I know you showed me. It's just literally, it's just, it's literally reading a book. It's extremely hard to, to read. But look, you got the time to do it. Definitely read it. Or better yet, just watch it. Oh, was it was it was it actually like like shocking for you as well that like the two shows that I really really loved as like a young teen are both Jose mangas? That's fine. Like I mean, whatever. And then now you look at the stuff I watch and read now, it's just like, where did it go wrong? Will what happened? I mean, it's, it's fine. Well, it's not everyone sees the light right away. You know, it's okay. Well, now I mean, I, I'm starting to. I'm starting to, which is why it's like watching and reading some of the stuff that uh, I've been I've picked. Uh, was actually quite easy to get into. So uh, tell me about the light that has seeped into your daily life, Will. Do you want to continue on about how this was previously the daily life of my once high school boy lifestyle? The show in question here is The Daily Lives of High School Boys. It's, it's, okay, so in terms of comedy shows, especially when it comes to like high school comedy shows, a lot of these shows will follow a very similar kind of formula. So I'm talking shows like Psyche K, Asobi Asobase, Sejakai Yakundomo, where it's like there's, it's, it's sometimes very gag-filled. Sometimes it's very like oh the student council yeah the Jackson a, a council Sedokai, Sedokai yeah, Yakidomo, yeah. yeah so it's like very much like because some of the some of the the series that we talk about in terms of their manga form is like four coma or four panel manga yes. so it's very much one story one story flip it over another story another story flip it over another story so it's quite rapid quite fast paced and you're always wondering oh how you like, Render that into like a format that would be able to run for 20 minutes. Well, you just basically group over a lot of different skits. So, you know, like shows like Psyche K and Asobi Asobase do it really, really well. Just like daily high, the daily lives of high school boys. So the series is, well, I mean, it, it starts off as a as a manga of the same name. Oh, a web manga, apparently. Yeah, um, which is like published by Square Enix. Um, and uh, this was also really funny too because the the anime was produced uh, by Sunrise Studio, and literally I was just like, okay, this is Sunrise, this is interesting. Like they're known for like their mechas and Gundam shit, and then within five seconds, the first thing you see is a fucking like a whole stream of Gundam showing up in the show. It's just like, okay, I can see where this is going. Like you would never have expected Sunrise to make something like this, but this works for me. Why not? So it focuses on literally the daily lives of high school boys 
a, a couple of characters. There's three central ones, and then there's like a revolving cast that comes in here and there. Um, but uh, essentially, they all just run into a bunch of different shenanigans. They do, you know, they, there's like different skits that they do, um, kind of random mishaps, expiration as like a young teen, uh, and they all go to a boys' school. So, so for me. Yeah. Daily Liza High School Boys, I watched a long, long time ago. In fact, if anything, I think it's one of the first animes that I watched. Uh, at least in like recent mem, in like in, in terms of like memory, when I kind of think back, I have a very fond memory of Daily Liza High School Boys. I gave it a nine out of ten, and uh, a a lot of a lot of them, a lot of the clips are very YouTube. You, you can just put on YouTube, or um, you don't. Please don't. But like. I can see it just like you do snippets, and I'll be like, "Yeah, that's funny." Oh yeah, I remember that. That's pretty funny. Oh yeah, that's really good. I mean, occasionally any like sort of like dedicated anime Instagram channel or um, YouTube channel, they'll have like little snippets of shows and uh, movies and all that. Occasionally, you'll see stuff like from daily has daily lives. Sometimes you'll see some from Seki K or Asobi. It's because the format itself is enough to give you entertainment for like. 10 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute, five minutes, however long. As Even Nietzsche Joe is the same, the same format, too. Right. So the the story... There is no story, really. The, the stories themselves are, like, not important. What is important is how those characters interact within each little plot, within each little chapter. I initially gave it an 8. Yeah. Now, thinking back on it now, some of the skits were actually insanely funny. And, look, I mean, I gave Psychic a 9. I'm likely to give Asobi Asobasi a nine when I finish it. I don't see any reason why I wouldn't give Daily Lives of High School Boys a nine as well. Okay. It is it's, it's a very fun watch. Twelve episodes, very easy to get into. You can, it, it's just one of those things. You just drop in, watch a couple minutes, get back out, and then if you want to continue it, you can. It's not necessarily something you want to binge. On the other hand, but you just need like a quick laugh. You just need to you know chill off for like thirty minutes. Put it on. It'll, it'll, it's insanely enjoyable. It's really well done as well. I mean, it's Sunrise. They're not a cheap studio. They're really fucking big. Yeah. I mean, we can play ping pong and try to figure it out, right? Yes. <laughs> that actually is a very good skit. And it you ever so do, good. If you ever do watch it, you should get into it. It's just it, – uh, one of the ones I really, really liked is like – Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. What's your favorite one? The favorite skit I had was like the opening. I think it was like episode three, episode four, where one of the main characters – I think it was – um what's his name? Uh, Taka- I actually don't don't remember. Tadakuni. Okay. He's, just like, he's just lying there on Tommy reading a manga. Okay. Just reading manga. Yeah. And then the opening credits just show it's just like Oh yeah, okay, okay. I mean <laughs> that like, make that makes sense. That like, makes that sense. That was so fucking meta. It's just like this literally is the daily life of a high school boy. Yeah. Fucking great. I also like it when the sisters show up. They're just so savage. I love it. Yeah, dude, like every single time it's like anytime a sister shows up, they just are fucking ridiculous. They and, are mean as fuck. And I love the whole class of dudes. Like I think there was one skit involving the teacher, the female teacher, like trying to tell the whole class to do something. And let's just say the whole class was dead silent and it was hilarious. Another one where like you you meet the uh, the quote unquote delinquent of their class. Yeah. And, and it turns out. And then you meet a sister <laughs> and then you wonder, OK, that's how he turned out like this. It's 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 a really good time. I cannot stress. It's one of those shows where like you don't need to know much about Japanese culture. You don't need to know anything about Japanese high schools. You don't need to know anything. You just need to be ready to laugh. You just don't need you don't need to know anything knowing 
going into it. Just sit down, shut up, watch, enjoy for 12 episodes. The last cleanup that I have is a show called Haibane Renmei. Now, I left this show for last because it's actually a very tough show to discuss because you can, I can go on and on about it. It is based on a series of doujinshis by uh, the creator of the anime. You want to just give a quick explanation of what a doujinshi is? A doujinshi is kind of basically fan-made, self-funded mangas that usually you would sell at like Comiket, which is like the Comic-Con equivalent, or you sell online nowadays, so on and so forth. Okay, so it's a fall 2002 anime. To explain what's it about is essentially it's about a girl called Raku who all of a sudden wakes up in a cocoon and then she discovers that she is in a city called Gil surrounded by a group of people including herself that are called the Haibane which is a human person with wings and a halo now i know what you're gonna say oh they're angels apparently it's an only an aesthetic choice but i think that's the biggest lie on the human planet needless to say they're angels they don't have memories of what it was like before they were in the cocoon uh they are not allowed to go outside of the walls of the city for some weird reason which they will get into in the anime and uh it it I don't know what else to say. It is done by the same people who did Serial Experiment Lane. And Serial Experiment Lane is an extremely important anime for me because it's the first quote-unquote mature anime that I've ever watched from beginning to end. Also, Serial Experiment Lane fucks with my mind so much at the time. It's, like, insane. Now, I gave, I'll, I'll say how, what I gave Haibane Renmei. I gave it an 8 out of 10. But I think... If I were to give it a more quote-unquote accurate score, I think there is a range of scores, which is between 8 and 10. And depending on how it speaks to you and depending on what you get out of it, it could be either of those three numbers. It could be like a good, okay anime that has like a lot of discussion points or it could be a masterpiece in your eyes, right? Yeah. It just, just depends on how you choose to reflect on like completing the show. Now... The show is extremely slow in terms of pacing. Exceedingly slow. I I don't remember in recent memory a show that is literally this slow. But it's and at first I was just like, what's the big deal? Like what what why does why does it have like a nine a seven point nine eight on Mal? I don't get it. And then around the midway point, uh, a major event happens and it kind of changes everything. And uh, there is symbolism, metaphors, whatever you want to say, all over the place, even up to the last episode. And the themes of, like, guilt, sin, redemption, forgiveness, all comes into play. And I would say it is an extremely powerful anime, or it can be a very powerful anime. Now, if you say that you watch Haibane Renmei and didn't care for it, Usually when it comes to shows that I really like, I would not be happy to hear that there's a show that I really like that you don't like. But I think Haibane Renmei gets a pass because 
if you don't like Haibane Renmei, I'll be like, yeah, I get it. I like it a lot. I still gave it an 8 out of 10, but if you don't like it, I totally get it. Like, it's not for everyone. It really is not for everyone. It's it's definitely one of the more, like, subjectively appreciated or panned shows, right? Like, you you have to vibe with certain things. You have to vibe with the theme, the characters, the pacing. And overall, even after, like, vibing with all of them, you still don't quite know how to put a finger on if it's that score or this score. Yeah, and it's very ambiguous because they are things that they don't explain it is very, very apparent that it was done on purpose. And then there are things that do happen that you can kind of say like, oh, maybe they're going for this or maybe they're going for that. And either of those responses are extremely valid, but they lead to vastly different interpretations. So uh, I think Haibane Renmei is an extremely interesting anime. That's one. Uh, that's what I would say. And very fascinating as well. Very heavy and uh, I like it a lot. 8 out of 10, though. And I think some people would like it more, and some people will hate it because they just think it's nothing. But either way, the show is either it will generate like a large level of appreciation or it will generate a large level of discussion, both of which are, you know, depending on, the, on what capacity, can be good, right? I do want to check it out. I, I definitely do want to check it out just because it just it looks very... It looks pretty strange. Very- it is. It is. And it, there is like a mis- – like Eden of the East has this mystery element that I keep talking about. Haibane Renmei does also have this mystery element of who, who are the Haibane? Why can't you venture outside the walls? Like, oh, why can't certain characters talk but they they clearly can? Like there's all these like very weird things that if you want, you can kind of like read in between the lines or kind of try to figure it out. Or you can just accept that as part of the the world. Or it's also just how the yeah how the the creator like just wants to convey their properties. Abe, right? Like for mm-hmm. example, like just like how with Haibane, the the thing that got me was like, why the hell is this girl got angel wings and why is she staring off in the distance? What does this mean? Just like how technolize is what happened to this guy's arm and why is he looking so mad? Or like Serum Experiments Lane, what is this girl that's standing in like a purple background and just staring down at me with a crooked head, like? What does this all mean to you? What does it all mean to me? And then you want to watch or read it to see what the fuck is up. I like Zero Experiment Lane more than Haibane Renmei. But I think Haibane Renmei, as you said, or as I said as well, more discussion will be come out of Haibane Renmei than Zero Experiment Lane due to its ambiguity and heavy topics, despite the fact that the show itself is actually quite lighthearted. Okay. Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out then. Definitely yep. check it out because it's, it's on my watch list too. All right. Well, last one. I mean, I'm pretty happy about this show. This one is like the complete opposite of what you watch. and It's not heavy. It's not mysterious or strange. It's actually very straightforward and light and fluffy. We're talking about possibly one of the greatest sports anime of all time. I'm telling you, it is one of the greatest sports animes of all time. And it's that not Haikyuu. It's and not Haikyuu. Haikyuu is also up there, but... This show for me as well is not Haikyuu, and manga wise, it's also it's not Aisho Twenty One. I think when we talk about sports anime manga, Aisho Twenty One, Chai Furu is, and and also Haikyuu. All three of those are great, but Chai Furu, on the other hand, what's different about these two about this compared to Aisho Twenty One and compared to Haikyuu is, let's be real, there isn't actually a quote unquote sport that people focus on, except. There are a lot of sport 
elements when you're playing this game in a competitive setting. And we're talking about competitive karuta, which is a card game that is played in Japan based on poem reading. Uh, I think specifically this one, it's based on the hundred poems. Yes. And you have to do it's 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 card matching, but also from card matching, it's also positioning and positioning and knowing how to defend your corners, how to you know, utilize the the sounds and the motions of the poet reader and knowing that if there are certain one-syllable words, two-syllable words, three, four, however many more, how to strategize your plan of attack whilst also predicting protecting the amount of cards you have on your side. I'm not going to go into how Karuta's played because, yeah, because it's, that's, yeah, just, that's, that's just a whole different that's thing. That's crazy. But I will say that despite not having a quote-unquote sports element, this is quite possibly one of the greatest sports anime of all time yeah yeah and what's funny is that this is like if if, if you look at the proper tags for it, this is more like slice of life self-discovery jose. romance jose it but it's actually shonen as fuck dude i know there are training arcs there are recruitment arcs there are redemption arcs there are literal tournament there's like Five tournament arcs in the first the time five tournaments in the first season and they don't skimp out on the tournament arcs they play it all the way through so forget anything about the characters. Forget about anything about the show, about, about the sport. Chihaya Furu, at its core, is a sports anime. I don't give a fuck if you think it's about romance and how they love, you know, the competitiveness of Karuta or like they just really love the traditional poems that they read. No, fuck all that. No, 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 no. Plain and simple, it's a ridiculously high-octane, fast-paced anime about a competitive sport. I don't give a fuck if you don't think that card games are not sports or whatnot. Fuck you. This is not for you. But for those who are open-minded enough to give it a second chance or even a first chance, for me, this is the second time watching it. I tried to watch it the first time, and it was like... at the How time, far did you go the first time? Literally the first episode. Oh, okay, okay. Not even right. a single card was laid out yet at this point. I was just like, this, is, this is slow as fuck. And that was the mistake I made because I was just thinking, well, how can they possibly make this competitive and exhilarating? They did. But in the first episode, I was just like... Wow, I made a mistake by not giving this a chance. So it's just to go quickly over it. Jahaya is the main character of the show. And I she, think she deserves special mention because in terms of, let's say, sports-oriented or sports anime manga, rarely do you see someone who is A, a woman, and B, someone who is a woman that is actually legitimately like really talented at the sport like if we just say like oh this is a young teenager who is you know not very talented but has like innate abilities like fast reflexes fast reflexes uh an ability to like a strong passion for what they do a keen sense of hearing and like it's just like rough and tumble but also very like passionate but occasionally stubborn and arrogant because they just want to be the best you would think oh this is ash ketchum from fucking pokemon or this is naruto from naruto or fucking Luffy from One Piece or Ichigo from fucking Bleach or Asta from Black Clover. No, it's none of those because those guys are cucks. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't expect that. No, it's cool. I mean, fucking like Naruto got cucked by Sakura, right? And then like Luffy cucks himself because he, he, he he's, he's his own man. Nobody, want, nobody, can, nobody can get Luffy. But Jahaya is, for lack of a better word, lack of better words, a shonen MC. She is. She literally goes through training arcs. She literally goes through like searching for meaning of life. She goes to like like locations of prayer. She goes to shrines and temples to 
trying to seek for ways to better oneself spiritually and physically and just to see the amount of passion and desire for someone to go in and be the master of this sport competitive karuta is just so inspiring and it, all the other characters themselves all have their own reasons for playing the sport and then you see that some of them's like i really love like the poems that come along with it therefore like i think it's as, as traditional as it can be as a woman playing karuta we should also be wearing beautiful yukata yukatas and, and kimonos and holy fuck they look gorgeous in that shit and then there's also people that are like oh i i look at it from a numbers game this is all statistics to me and then using that that ability using that way of looking into the game they also excel so it's not just down to passion not just down to tactics not just down to your your affinity to traditions it's everything put together and you just see that like this is one super slice of life because who the fuck cares about fucking card games or just literally playing a card game they're going to school they're going to temple and all that but it's also insanely shown in sport action because fuck like cart comes up not even a single word comes out of the poet reader's mouth and then boom red angle swipe Boom, defense, boom, defense, boom, counterattack. Oh, fault, 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 double fault. Move your cards back down. Oh, no, I'm down five cards. What am I going to do? Okay, no more mistakes. Calm down. Think, 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 strategize. Syllable, oh, syllable, oh, syllable, oh, syllable. Oh, reshuffle, reshuffle. Okay, this has been said, this has been this said, this has been said. So then, therefore, the amount of cards that should be left are these. And then it's just like, oh, yo. no, that person played my trump card. Oh, I lost my trump card. What am I going to do now? Okay, how else am I going to do this? Okay, you know what? I've got two syllables on my right hand side, two syllables on the left hand side, but that person's got the other three-syllable card on their right hand side they're going to be defending them whenever it comes out now that card is matched with this card and that card means it's a poem about someone's brother who's married to their uncle who's also like in love with their sister and then that sister is the queen of this kingdom which kingdom fought with that kingdom it's just wow there's there's just so many layers to your appreciation for the sport for the characters and the characters themselves exemplify that as well it's 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 just it's just so good i am so happy like i I, so I was happy. i was extremely wrong about jihaya Fudu, and for anybody i've been that's saying new, it for since... anybody who's never watched it or for people who didn't enjoy it the first time i implore you to give it a chance Oh. And just to go back into it and watch it. Now, there's still two more seasons, one of which actually only came out at the end of 2019. So it was like 2011, 2012, like the first two ones came out at the beginning of the 2010s. And then there was like an eight-year gap. Yeah, man, before... I waited so long. So, hey, look, like, yo, there's three seasons. I think the manga as well came out and said that they're in like the final chapters of the manga. So, hey, now there's no better time than now to get into some Shihaya Furu and watch some fucking competitive Karuta. So... Uh, Chihai Furu Season 1 is an 8.21 on Mal, ranked 308. Season 2 is ranked 8.41, ranked 151. Chihaya Furu 3 is ranked 8.49, ranked 113. I gave all three seasons... Oh, no, I gave Season 2 an 8, but I gave Season 1 and 3 a 9. So right now, for me, Season 1 is a 9. It's so good. I, I, I will find the time. To, I mean, once we get, like, you know, the next couple of series, that, like, homework and all that, like, done, I'm very happy to finish off. I'm Jihaya so Fudu. happy. It's it's really it's good. It's really good. I was so wrong about it, and I'm glad that, you know, you convinced me to give it a second chance. More, uh, like, more I, like it was forced on me. It was me. luck. It was luck. But at the same time, it's like, I'm super happy. I'm I mean, super I did, happy that I, 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 I did choose from, the, from your list that one. So. so, hey, one in five chance for me to pick it out. Hey, it worked. That's better than zero. Yeah. So I think now that now that like this is the purpose of these cleanup episodes that we do as well because we never know if one thing that we have on our list is going to be 
just disappointment. We also don't know if there is a hidden gem amongst the list that if we actually got the time to watch, then we will realize, hey, there is actually life in stuff that we put on hold. There is life in stuff that we dropped in the first place. And when we give it a second chance, it gives us a new level of appreciation for it. Just like, for example, it's like watching Honey and Clover as a teenager. I had one perspective of it, but now watching it as a full-fledged adult, hey, maybe my perception of it is different. I'll still enjoy it, but now seeing those real-world problems as an adult, watching it as an adult, hey, things could be different. All right, so um, just to, uh, in summary, uh, for my cleanup, the ones that I actually watched was Eden of the East, which I thought was not good. I dropped it. Haibane Renmei, which I think is a very thought-provoking anime, and despite its slow pace, I think everyone should at least deserve to give it a chance. Subjectively an 8, but objectively it could be anywhere on the scale. It just Honestly, depends. it can, yeah. yeah. Um, Nodami Katsabile Season 1 and Honey and Clover Season 1, I thoroughly endorse and will definitely finish it, all of it. For me, it was Kiyosugiga, which I, I didn't dislike, but I think that for some people, they'll enjoy a lot more than I did. So I gave it a 7, but it could have been an 8 if I was more into the story. Uh, Kakushigoto, a very solid 8, wonderful, charming story, very cute and heartwarming. Uh, and then Daily Lives of High School Boys. Went from an eight to nine. It was an eight point five for the longest time. Depending on your mood and what how much comedy you want, it could be an eight, it could be a nine. Uh, and then hands down, Chihayafuru is just the greatest show of all time. Nice. Well, I mean, the greatest show I've watched this year, at least. Nice. Who knows? It might make an appearance on the uh, second seasons of uh, Good Anime Palette uh, Podcast uh, Season Awards. Nice. I said nice like three times. Okay. It is a nice show. So uh, that is the end of our episode. So housekeeping. You can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. Uh, We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palletgood, capital G, capital P, capital G, all one word. We have a website, and we encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can join us on Discord. We haven't been on Discord lately, but uh, if y'all show up, we will in turn show up as well. We'll get the notifications. We'll get online. Yeah, man. Uh, Even if it's just to say hi, have a discussion, or even if you want to have an opinion about the shows that we watch or how uh, critiques about our podcast, we welcome good, bad all of it, we welcome it. Um, alternatively, uh, we also have a Mal Club. Uh, all, Will and I are the only two members, so if you want to be the first non-co-host member, you should you should join in now. Get them member privileges. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, alternatively, you can just contact us through our email, and we'll give you access to, to the Discord uh, and or Mal. Music credits for this episode: our intro music is Glitterati by Foxmore. Our break music is Up and Down by Toby Trancer, and our outro music is Sunset Dew by Lupus Nocte. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we will have a referral link that is provided for you in the show description, Will. I really liked doing today's episode because it gave us an opportunity to watch stuff that, you know, we were able to fully determine, hey, these things don't deserve to be on our plan to watch list. They should be on our completed lists. Likewise, there are so it also lets us know that hey, maybe we can like streamline our 
fun to watch and just have things not be on there in the first place. So I know that we will definitely talk more about this off air, but I think we will need to make certain adjustments to the next go around for next season. Being able to at least consume things in completion is definitely important. I know, of course, like while some shows being two curves gives it the opportunity to breathe more life into the story and learn more about the characters and all that. In 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 IRL time, it's quite limiting. Yeah, I get that. And uh, I also think that what are we going to do with the entries that were not picked this time around? I guess I'm happy to keep them in. I I mean, I I, I I mean, we can discuss this, but I think uh, whether they show up again or not, uh, you will figure it out, listeners, when we when we do the choosing again. Well, this also goes to listeners too, right? If if you've listened to most of our episodes and you know what we have and haven't watched. Throw a suggestion. See, there's something that neither Jason or I have watched. Yeah, you know what? Instead of Will picking mine and I pick for Will, why don't you guys, the listeners, pick for us? We can, we we're totally down for that too. Drop us a message on Twitter or send us an email. Let us know what picks you have, and then we can figure out how to work that into our next recording. Yep, the next recording for this kind of episode, though, not next one, not not episode 19. No, that's too soon. The, I mean, episode 19 is also going to be a doozy. That's our fall premiere. Yeah. This helps for you to you know whenever you have like the like the the after credits where it's like if you stick to the end you find out a bit more about what happens like the preview for next yeah, episode. That that's what I'm thinking. Like I think from now on we should like put like secret stuff at the end. So like oh if you check it out all the way to the end you will know. Well now you know. So now we've reached this is the end of and, this episode. And knowing is half the battle, right? Well, yep. So now that you know what we're going to be preparing for next week, go get some rest. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode, and we'll catch you in the next one. All right. See ya.